Welcome to the Jeff Gross Podcast. This episode is brought to you in partnership with Party Poker. Go to PartyPoker.com to play tournaments, cash games, and improve your poker game. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear all of my future episodes. Jamie, how are you? I couldn't be better, Jeff. I mean, I'm happy to be back on the Flow Show. This is number two, maybe number three even. Two it's or three two. on the show. It's a strong two. You could have, oh, it could even be more. It could be, I think it's two. I'm almost sure, but we could, someone could fact check this if you think we're, if you think we're on three, but I think it's a good two. I think you hit double on my podcast too, actually. We did the home and away thing a little bit. So, so we've got right. a lot, we've got a lot of conversations going on, but it's good every time. It's a necessary catch up, has to happen, a lot to talk about. What's going on? It's, it's overdue, man. It is, it is. It's good. It's obviously we keep in touch on the side where we're, 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 we're always sort of got a next project going. I mean, if those that don't yeah. know, we have done stream house stream boat. What else have we done? There's other projects and houses and things we've done different things. We had the hurricane interruption. We've been, we've done the weight, the weight bet in Reno. We were kind of all, I mean, it's your bet. I was yeah. involved helping was refereeing that we've done a lot of different content, fun things. Give us a run now. What have we done? Yeah, we met at EPT Dublin, right? I think EPT Bahamas. Dublin. Originally Bahamas. It was in Bahamas in January. I think Bahamas. their first ever meeting, but then we really kind of like sat Dublin. down and had a plan in Dublin. Yep. Followed up Bahamas. Then we, we did the stream house in Montreal. That was like four and a half years ago now. Yes. Um, you were not yet married at that point. High flying. You popped in. Uh, we did a Michael Phelps charity for eight days in a row straight on Twitch. That was dope. 20 grand raise. That was special. That was a big part of you. Cause you were getting woken up for a hundred. If you, for a hundred, you would get woken up. If, and that was, you took some tough ones, some like three, 4 yeah. AM 24 hour marathon. That was nice of you. That was big time. That house. That. You know what? I think back about that house and we were, it was just a disaster, right? Like it was a shell of a house. It had like four old bedrooms. Like it felt like school, school bedrooms, you know, it was like a little tiny desk and a little tiny bed. And like, here's where you go. It was exclusively a content house. All we had was poker and Twitch, and that was like it, dude. And we we were just locked down for the week. It was 24-7, uh, eight days in a row. It was sick. It was so much fun. This is the thing that like bothers me about. The only thing I would have done differently and the thing that sucks, I remember you had a house scoped out. You had like a sick with a boardroom, yeah. all this stuff. I think last minute it fell through. It didn't go through. But like I think in these situations, the answer is always go big because like that extra 500 or 1,000 a man or whatever it is, right? It's always the right answer just to like go overboard because you'll just never forget. I mean, it was great. It worked out. But yeah, like it was tough. I was in the kitchen, I think, streaming. Yeah. I had Amelia was there. My wife, I think she was my fiance at the time and like if i would have gone i would i would have gone overboard hopefully when we do our next one because there will be another something and somewhere we just oh, got to blow the roof off it I, and i know you're all you're like that you like to go you know to the to the wall uh as well now matty ice he's like an international superstar in his own right he was just on the podcast he's flying high kmart we had there too that was a lot of fun man what a character you're, and jeff you're yeah. a bad influence on me man you were a bad because literally my biggest purchase in my life my largest purchase, number one, most outlandish, most ridiculous, was the Streamhouse Marathon 2, right? Mm -hmm. I probably blew, I'm talking like 15% of life roll on a one-month rental in wow. the Caribbean, dude. And, and we got hurricaned out, dude. That Hurricane, three days in, we were, we were booked for a month of like food catering in a ridiculous spot. I mean, you and Bill are bad influences, dude. I'm, I'm just playing catch up. I mean, listen, that, that house was a dent and the hurricane was like extra painful for me. 
Um, that was a that's a crazy story too because I think yeah. we have some credits somewhere down deep under. I don't know if those will ever get used. I don't know if that's salvageable. Uh, I don't think Bill's gonna you know Bill's not crying for a, a rebate or anything by any means. But I would definitely you know be looking into to taking that and maybe not even for streaming just to go down and enjoy that house for a week or so. I'm gonna you know I'm actually helping Bill with his heads up setting up this thing with Landon Tice and I'm gonna re- yeah. I'm gonna bring that up. Don't let me forget. Let's see if we can get a couple of Caribbean right. credits out of left field and and, and get that done because that would have been fun but uh in the meantime for those everyone knows jamie here you know we're on twitch we're streaming live people follow your channel what what is the current content the current channel the thing that you're most excited about is it youtube is it twitch is it uh you know tiktok you're doing a lot of different stuff right now what do you like the most in terms of content creation currently it's kind of a two two prong thing for me my main show is twitch poker staples that's where i do my mainstream my full grinds you know, uh, five, six, seven, eight, 10, 12 hour days, sometimes playing tournaments and you get to see every hand that I play the analysis, all of it. Right. So, uh, you'll find me out there on the party poker streets and then, but that doesn't always work for everyone. Right. Like, you know, people have careers, they have families, you know, they don't always get to see the hype moments, uh, and make the time in their life. So we take those streams, cut them down to, you know, 15 to 30 minute highlights, release that on Facebook and YouTube. Um, and then we further cut it down to like, Four minute highlights, release that on Instagram. And then we cut it down to little tiny clips and we release those on Instagram and TikTok. So, really, whatever kind of commitment, whatever kind of poker fan you are, whether you have a minute a day or whether you have an hour, there's something available for you to check out some poker content, learn a few things, have some fun, and and sweat the game. So, that's kind of how it works. Very nice. And can you tell at at this point in your career what, what you've learned to be the most valuable, maybe for? Someone who's starting, you know, there's a lot of streamers now, a lot of poker, a lot of competition, a lot of people in the space. It's great. But like someone who's coming up and coming, uh, what would be something maybe like a hack you would give to someone who's streaming that's like maybe think, oh, this is overwhelming or, you know, maybe that extra spending a little bit more hiring someone. What have you done that you think like is a mandatory thing that you would recommend to any streamer or content creator out there that's streaming on Twitch or doing YouTube videos that you would recommend to kind of grow their channels or their, their platform? I think you need to lean into the things that make you unique and different. I I see so many new streamers and they try and do the same things that everyone else is doing. They show up and they register six or seven tables of the same tournaments that all the other streamers are are playing. And, uh, and then they stream a session and they hope that people are going to come and watch, but like, that's not a recipe for success, right? Because effectively me and you, the new streamer are competing. So why are they going to watch you over me? You know, I've been around for six years. They know me. We're playing the same tournaments. So like you have to create a reason as to why people are going to resonate with you. Um, and you could be a better player. You could be more informative, but there's some great, amazing players on Twitch Poker. We know, Jeff, that's a tough game to play. To be the best player on Twitch Poker, well, you're going to have to be pretty damn good. But you could be funny, right? You could specialize in, oh, I, I love playing Omaha tournaments. So half the time I play Omaha tournaments. You're going to have a lot easier chance to stand out leaning into your differences, you know? You could try and create a a community around being from New Zealand, dude. You could reach out to New Zealand streamers uh, or English streamers or Canadian streamers. Like all of these things allow you to stand out in a way that people are more likely to be interested in you than just being another grinder on Twitch. So I think that's the way. 
Absolutely. I agree with that. And what about though, in terms of like content and having someone to help, like what, what types of, you know, you have B car, obviously Ed K, you know, we have, uh, we're, we're fortunate we're sponsored. We got party poker, got a lot of love for them and, and all the resources and, and things they do to help us to, to promote ourselves and, and give us, you know, tickets and things to help. But like, what would you say to someone who's starting up in terms of, you know, you need an editor, you need this, like, what would be an important person to have moderator? What are some, some of the tools, I guess, give me your team. What does a poker stables right. team consist of? And, and give me some like kind of hacks on that. Like what you would recommend is important for someone who really wants to be all in on content and, and creation. Well, things have changed a little bit since we started with party poker and that they help us take care of some of that stuff, which is something we sort of voiced as important and like a stressing point for us as, as players and content creators. Like it was one of our most difficult aspects of our job was like, Hey, we have all these things and we need some help to do them. So they've stepped up and, and helped in some regards, but a uh, video editor, I think is big, you know, like being able to take an eight, nine hour stream and instead of it just dying into existence forever and never to be seen again, you can create 20, 30 different pieces of content from that one nine hour show. You can get some clips for Instagram, some clips for Twitter, get some videos for YouTube and for Facebook, um, you know, some small content for TikTok, Snapchat, what have you. So that's a really useful use of time. You know, if you're just going to nine hours day after day, grind it out, that's cool. But you can turn that into 40 hours of content for nine hours of work if you can get people to help that. So, so that's nice. But I think when you're starting, it's like, that's a few steps down the road. You know, I think start by trying to get some moderators and people will help you out for free and say, Hey, I'm trying to get some help with this channel. Are you interested in helping some people? And, and people are great, dude. Like if you ask, people will help you, you know, like they'll, they'll help you with your social media. They'll help you grab some clips. They'll help you and moderate your channel. I think start there and then grow as you start to make some money. If that's sort of the target of what you're trying to do. For sure. Well, this actually just came up in the chat and I, it's something that, you know, I have, uh, you actually brought to my attention. I'm on here. And I, before I forget, I do want to ask you about any two, because this is something I know you've been working yes. on this passion about. I like it. It works well. I've done some hands. Uh, to be honest, I've been sort of MIA on there. So I apologize for those that have subscribed uh, and, and have said, hey, I have answered hands, but could you maybe just give me like a quick uh, rundown on what this is, how it works and and what, you know, what, what, what utility does this have in the, the space of poker and, and uh, tools and engagement? What, what are some of the, the uh, you know, things that people can get out of this and, and how, how does it work? The quickie, quick and easy way to describe it is, is any two is kind of like only fans for poker hands, dude. It's like individual creators can make content and people can subscribe and access it. Now, instead of naked photos here, we are talking about poker hands and you can post on any two as a, as a content creator, you can post videos, you can post uh, and reviews and text uh, blog posts. And then also you can review other people's hands. So any two is a way that you can get one-on-one access with professionals for like a small monthly fee. Um, and not only that, you can subscribe to like a bunch so if you're looking for opinions from five or six pros, you can subscribe, submit your hand and get feedback from them in regards to like, oh, I like your play or I didn't like it so much. So it, it's a way to get access. That's really what any two is. Get access to great poker players for a small amount per month, learn from them and ask some questions. There you go. There you have it. Well, I, I, I like it. I've used it. I wish I should would have using it more, but I do know that you are a catalyst for this and use it. And it, I know they made some updates on the software and features too, and how <laughs> it's presented. And, and it is, uh, it is cool. Let's real quick run through some of your, your socials here again on party poker, James Stables and I co-manage 
Party Poker Team Online. So you can take a look at his profile there. He's got Instagram two. He's one of the only two guys that he has the the two he's got two on twitter two on instagram poker staples jamie staples give him a follow on there and then of course on twitter which which is your more which which platform do you enjoy to kind of socially like if you're scrolling or just sort of wasting time seeing what's happening in the world and content what do you like more twitter instagram or just i'm on the twitter dude i'm on the twitter for for like wasting time because i like hearing people's thoughts you know right i saw marley cordero tweeted out something about like if you don't like Twitter, I respect you so much more. For me, it's like, okay, yeah, I get that. You can tap out of the world and just live your life. But to me, I'm really interested in what people think about things and like changing perspectives and and current events, what's happening in the world. So like Twitter's my jam, dude. It does work me up sometimes. I get tilted and like I have lots of shower arguments about why I think things are stupid, but I like it, dude. I don't know. It's people. Twitter is people. It's a conversation. It's good. I, I agree. I think it's fun. I mean, it depends, you know, Instagram is uh, it's great, but it's also sort of a rabbit hole. And, you know, for, I, I like to say for the excuse for ourselves, cause we are in the world. Like I think Instagram is probably a big time suck for most people. I actually, it's nice to kind of see, I keep an eye on like what other people are doing in the poker community. Obviously friends get to see like kind of, you know, my age, I'm older kids, people have kids, you get to kind of, you know, whatever, but it is nice to kind of see and get a style for how people are doing things and what they're, how they're, you know, putting their content out. So I like to say it's working. And my wife ever gives me a hard time. Like, why are you on Instagram? Like, look, you know, I am. I'm sort of just feeling out everything, making sure I'm, I'm on I'm on track. But it is it can be a little bit of a rabbit hole. What is uh, TikTok as well? I don't I don't I haven't dove in there. I have one. I haven't used it. But you, you, you I know you got pretty big on TikTok. You're a TikTok fan, right? You got to get in there, man. TikTok TikTok is like a breath of fresh air. You know how it gets like um, I don't know. It can get a little heavy on the other platforms. You know, like Instagram. Like you said, it's a curated like. Here's what I want you to think my life is. And sometimes it can actually be that. But like you get you can make it up. Like there's not a lot of authenticity right. in, in Instagram. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. TikTok's the conversation, but it gets heavy. It gets hostile. People get angry. TikTok, dude, is just like free flying, funny, relaxed. Like there's no drama. It's just all quite interesting. Um, and, and I'm talking to like 18 to 25 year olds on TikTok, which I'm, I'm just not, I'm not engaging with them on any other platform, you know? So it's nice to like, I don't know, just feel that like youthful enthusiasm and optimism and excitement for life and just like happiness, you know, because it can get sucked away uh, by people in the 30s and 40s and 50s. <laughs> that don't feel that way, bro. You know what I mean? It's just like that leaves and I don't want to lose it. I'm you wanna, into you it. You want to hold on to that. Yeah. yeah. I want to keep flowing, man. I love sure. it. I love it. Well, I do got to, we got to, we got to give a little plug for party poker here because it is, it is the WPT time. I am not in a jurisdiction at the exact moment that I can play. I get it. You know, I get anxiety, separation, anxiety. I miss it. I want to fire. I want to be in there. Jamie, you're in there. You're playing. The main event is coming day one. I believe a is Sunday. Day one B is the following Sunday. There's always a chance. Maybe I'll zoom out, try to get in there, hit like a late reg into a day two miracle run. Tell me what's your plan for WPT and where can people, are they going to be following you on that journey? Are you playing just the main? Are you playing full schedule? Give me your, your WPT party poker uh, routine here coming up. Main event for sure. hundred percent. Main event is like a book it Sunday, day one, a Sunday, day one B if I have to. So that's really what I'm focusing around the rest of the schedule. My approach this summer is really like I'm trying to create some structure and some balance it's, I feel like I've been cooped up in this pandemic for so long. Like I can't wait to get outside, exercise and join, enjoy some sun, you know? So I'm trying to like build a, a playing schedule around times of day. 
So when I wake up in the morning, I want to start streaming. I want to finish. And then I want to go outside and sort of, um, you know, exercise, do some study in the evening. So whatever fits into that, basically, long story short, main event I'm in, but the rest of the schedule, whatever fits into my streaming hours, uh, hopefully I can put in 40, 40 hours a week and, and get a few of them in there. Very nice. And what is your typical, what, how is your, how has your schedule evolved over your Twitch career? How have you, how have you, uh, you know, we're used to be just like wake up, roll out of bed, stream until you couldn't stream anymore. Now do you have like set routine, you know, have you gotten more optimized in this or do you kind of still just like, you just try to fire as much as possible? It changes all the time. That's the, yeah. I mean, it's like, it's all over the place and you know what it's like, especially before like traveling with tournament stops, you just stop streaming for like 17 days and you come back, you're like, Oh, like I feel so bad. Like I need to stream a lot. And then you stream hard and then you burn out and then you chill out. Then you go play a turn. Like it's just, it's a mess, you know? Um, so sometimes I'm on the late schedule. Sometimes I'm the early schedule right now. It's like, wake up and start streaming. Cause it's a, it's a heavy task. As you know, it's like, it's, it weighs on you for the whole day. Like, Oh, I got to do a broadcast. So I find my best success in terms of life happiness and good shows when I make it the first thing I do basically. Uh, and then do the rest of stuff later. So that's that's kind of the plan this summer is wake up stream. Where, where do you where are you currently? And you kind of said something that I don't want to say worried me, but I've never like because you always I say you're one of the more even keeled demeanor. You handle bad beats and adversity about as good as anyone that I've ever seen streaming. I think that's a huge uh, uh, tool in your tool chest that you, you really are balanced on, on your, you know, the highs and lows, at least from what I've seen in terms of running. Um, you know, but I heard you say that I have to like throw five, like, where are you on a one to a hundred scale in terms of stream enjoyment? Because I, this happens in poker players all the time. I hear people that are playing for a living, or at least when I played more, right. When I was like live and going to all the stuff and around and I could see people that weren't really into it or pros that like, they get to play cards for a living yeah. Something that's fun and whatever, and they kind of got out of it. Do you, where are you on your enjoyment level with streaming and, and ever and content now? Because you're a vet. I mean, you're you're you've been yeah. around for a long time. You're one of the OGs. For those that don't know, there's Jason Somerville and basically Jamie Staples. I mean, is that fair? You were like the second major yeah, streamer. I, so, I mean, yeah. you got a hundred and let's just take a look down Accolade Lane here. I mean, you've got massive followings on socials. You've got a hundred and forty-six thousand on Twitch Poker, which is one of the largest, I think top, top three, two, you know, up there, whatever it's, it's on the podium. You're in there. You, you've got a huge following. Sure, yeah. yeah. Top one of the top guys and always get massive numbers. You know, where are you? People do burn out. We've seen it. Tonka. We've seen Carver. These are guys that are on around Mount Rushmore of streaming and they get tired. Like they've said, they burn out. It's, it's, it's exhausting. It's, you know, yeah. you do a lot. So where, where are you? Have you ever burnt out? Are you burnt out at all right like, now? Are you yeah, at a seven peak? times at least? At least seven, seven times. times I've burnt out on streaming for sure. Okay. Like the fluctuations in excitement and happiness for streaming are regular. Like it happens all the time, bro. Like in January, December, January, I was like 95. I was like, give it to me. I need to sleep now so I can wake up earlier so I can go live. Like, let's go. You know, day after day, right. six days a week hitting it. Like March. When we're, we're running on three months of overcast and it's still minus 20, I'm like, bro, I am like a 15 tops. Like, I just want to not play poker for the next two weeks and read a book, you know? Um, right now, I'm like 50, dude. But not because I don't like poker. It's because it's 28 degrees outside and we've been cooped up in lockdown for like 15 months, you know? So it's like I'm instituting some, some discipline and some balance in my life of like, okay, 
wake up, do your work and then go play and have the sun and get the exercise and like live life. But I can tell you, Jeff, I would make a bet, you know, September 4th, the number is going to be 80. Like I'm going to be super hyped up and then it'll be 20 in October and then it'll be a hundred again in December. Like it just, it moves, dude. And that's part of being a streamer as part of being a poker player. You employ yourself, you use your own motivation and like you have to be able to ride through those swings and still do a good job at the end of the day and sustain it. So, yeah, I, I just had a idea and this is unscripted. This is unplanned. Jamie and I aren't here and I'm just, I just kind of got, I get hyped up <laughs> thinking about things. Jamie, what, what about, can we do, cause I was thinking like schedule wise, I, we, to be fair, we have discussed about me coming to Montreal for like a month or something. I did think we threw that out there. Like, you know, yeah. trying to figure out something to work, would it be at your house, another house, you know, whatever, like where I could maybe rent another place, but we have a thing. Listen, what do you think about August? That That's the time. Because I was thinking Montreal, there's weather parameters there, right? Like WSOP announced October, November, basically. The end of September yeah. through November. I'm probably going to be in there and hitting it. I probably just can't help myself. I have a condo in Vegas. I, I get. I, it's been a long time. I want to get in there. You know, right. I want to get there. So like that's kind of out the window. September, I'm going to be in Brazil streaming, doing stuff. I'm running out of months. And Montreal has weather pockets as well. Dude, it's like, what about August? Could we do something in August? Could we put out, like, is that a possibility to do like Streamhouse August? Is that in the table? What are you doing? What's it's, your schedule? Can we do it's it? It's on the table, dude. August, early September might be nice though too. It's still nice early September. It's 22, 23 degrees. Big series pop up in September. I mean, things get kind of lazy and kind of slow last two weeks of August, but then it picks up. People are like, oh, it's back to school. It's back to work. It's back to business. And then Twitch goes up. So I think like last two weeks of August, first two weeks of September, we can do something then. I'm here for it. A hundred percent. I'm, I'm thinking about, I got, listen, we got friends in Montreal as well. And we got sponsors. We got, we got firepower there. We got, we got Phil, JK, we got playground poker in Montreal. I'm th- they're building a the hotel there. It got put on pause. COVID has been hard in that vicinity of the world. I know like things yeah. are closed. I got friends there telling me it's crazy. Things are shut down. I'm thinking I'm going to put it out to playground. This is, I haven't talked to them in the last couple of weeks. This isn't scripted. I'm going to put it on playgrounds plate. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to try to do something big in Montreal. I'm saying end of August, September. I have no idea. Those guys have always been supportive. I'm just basically putting pressure on them on their head right now to, to deny it, to <laughs> deny us. Don't deny us, but we're going to come with a big project. I think that's what I would like to do in collaboration with party poker, obviously playground poker. Who's a partner of with party. Those guys, it's a good thing, man. I think we should, yes. I think we should put that out there. I know Maddie ice will be down. We could probably, we could figure something big out. I think we got to go big, man. What do we, you know, I got a baby. I got you. I'm married. You're engaged. You're going to have babies hopefully soon too. It gets harder. I'll tell you what the yeah. dream of poker and traveling, doing whatever, whenever it's harder. I can promise you. So maybe we got to do, we got to strike, man. I'm putting it out there. August, August, uh, early September. Let's try to do something major. So I don't know what that means, but are you, I, I don't have to ask I'm you. In. I know you'll be in. I'm of course in, I'm hundred percent in I'm game. I don't have kids. I don't have mortgages. I'm still a free bird. I mean, we can't do the like travel the world and all live in the house anymore. That ship has sailed. That's dead. That's dead. But, but we can do this. And it's we a thing. I'm something. here for it. I'm ready to do something big. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm all about it. Let me just, let me just, let me just say this. I got to say you personally, and, and Matt, I was asking him because being your brother is not easy, right? Like you push the limit. Matt was like on his, he was poker staples PA. Let's not forget. That was his Twitch name. He was sort of in the, in the shadow of Jamie staples. You guys did the weight loss challenge, which was epic. I think one of the, listen, I've been in poker a long time. I've been in wagering prop bets. One of the sickest 
prop bets of all time. We could kind of, I'm not going to get strike copyrighted because this is our, this is my own vlog content here, but uh, the weigh in, right? This is great. Yeah. And they're not going to strike me. So this was great all time moment, 150 K wager, big, big bet, big, big money on the line. You guys hit a big bet. I had some money riding a pretty large wager myself. It was exciting because it came down to even the scale could be off. You knew you were there. You knew you had it, but give me like a little real time, dude. What were you thinking at this moment? Like what, what, what was the heart rate? You know, came does his heart rate thing on stream i was trying to get my legs from stop moving dude my legs were shaking so hard the number wouldn't lock in because it was such a finicky scale that like any movement it wouldn't lock so i was just trying to stay still (laughs) and and like you know Matt, I look how such a big tank. Matt is there, dude. He doesn't even look recognizable. He's huge, dude. Wow. Um, dude, it was surreal. At that moment, like, I had no, you know, it wasn't registering yet. It was just like we were in the pocket and we had been in the pocket for 365 days. So it's like you're still, like, in the fight, basically, at that point. Like, my brain had not snapped out of game mode yet. Um, and then, like, I think both of us recognized it was a big opportunity in the following days, you know? So I was like, okay, we kind of got to make the most of this. Um, so it was just, it was crazy, dude. I mean, looking back on it, I can't believe that whole year, definitely the most hectic year of my life I will ever have was that year, dude. Like we lived in six places, you know? Yeah, so this is what I want to hit on. Cause I was asking Matt, cause like it was tricky for him, I think, because he wanted to put his head down and grind. He needed to still build a sort of like name and reputation. You yeah. were sort of like Twitch superstar already. You've got, you've done your work, right? You put those 12, 14 hour days for weeks at a time, you know, probably had a decatheter, you know, weren't using the rat. Like you were just grinded. You had done that. And that's sort of like, I need to stream. I need to do whatever. How hard do you think that was for Matt? And like, could you feel, was there times of frustration or was there some disagreement along the way where like you're like hey we got to go to the next spot you're basically like a you're, you're like a traveling band you're like a tour you're packing your stuff up you're fl- flicking it in going around firing off but spending a lot of money and doing a lot of traveling a lot of ambitious projects like how do you think that was difficult on Matt? and looking back would you have done it differently for yourself or do you think that was the only way to do it in that moment in time i think if we would have done it differently we would have lost i think it was actually a pretty important aspect to why we won because it kept us really busy. It kept, it kept us like, it kept our brains off of the pain and struggle of like that whole experience, which is just really fucking hard, dude. It's just like a really, really hard uh, thing, you know, like eating 1400 calories and walking 90 minutes a day for 365 days uh, and then working out. And then Matt, like bulking so hard, he would like take two naps a day, you know, like just mashing food. I think moving actually really helped us because it gave us something fresh to surround ourselves with. It allowed us to change up a routine and like not go crazy. If we were posted up in our hometown and like every day, what we had to look forward to was literally starving or stuffing our face. Like, no, nah, that would, we wouldn't have done well. You know, we would have been like right off the 75 K let's, let's do it another day. Right. Or the 150 total. So I think that was really, really quite important but it, it also was like so hectic, man. Like really, really so crazy when you think about it. Um, we we spent that time in six different countries and then we had to organize like logistics of moving to different countries and then keeping a stream up and then, you know, like the weight bet. Um, so it was so just like- I get control. that. 
I get that aspect of it, but like, I'm just also like in my head, it's like, I like you go to Cabo, go to Montreal, go somewhere, get an amazing sick house and like blow it out and just straight. Cause like, I just feel like that's, at, I, I hear your point of view, but I guess I'm like challenging slash wondering. Cause I get that freshness of it, but it also, yeah. man, I'll tell you my, you know, I got in my setup, I got four 30 inch LGs. I got a nice comfortable chair, good internet. I feel great. On the yeah. road, it's it's like a road game, man. It's like it's yeah. like athletics. Like you're in the dingy ass locker room. You got you know low quality thread count. You're on the you're on the different spaces. Your internet may crash. You got to travel. I mean, I know in Costa Rica, you had a, dude. You take your travel setup. I can't think of one thing that would be more tilting. I think than to like get out <laughs> and pack up. Like when you actually pack that house up, give me a give me a scale. How upsetting is it to pack your shit up? Like it's got to be it's got to be a hard. And maybe you're so used to it now, but that seems like such a so much equipment going to the airport, sending stuff in. It could get damaged, lost. You know, you multiple bags. You got wires, stuff like that. That process of packing and yeah. unpacking. I guess unpacking is less fun or less bad because it's sort of like exciting. You're like looking forward to getting it up and make sure it's running. But it's still both are like tough, I think. And mine's just a laptop and a little side monitor. And I don't, yeah. I really don't enjoy it. Like, cause that always gives me anxiety when I go to a new place. I don't know the internet, Airbnb, is it going to work? How, like all these little headaches that people don't understand. But for you, you know, how, how That's annoying youth, is that? Bro. That's youth, right? That's what I'm talking about, man. You got to surround yourself with like, like to me thinking about that right now, I'm just like, oh, what an insane hassle that is like, do not, I do not want to move houses every two months. I just don't want to do it. It's just insane. It's like crazy. But back then it was just like, well, what else would I do? Like, like, of course you have to do it. Right. So it's just one of those things that we did because we were in the pocket and that's what our life was. You know, it was like, uh, I had this philosophy at the time of like the world's big, our time is limited. We've got to go to new places or else we're never going to see them, you know? And that was it. So it was just like, we go to new spots. Sounds like a good plug for Die With Zero. That's a good book, our friend. Memory uh, Dividends. There we go, man. Yeah, That's Memory it. Dividends. It's big. Um, but yeah, so no, I get it. And I agree. There is a time and a place. And I think it's also, you can you can miss that opportunity or, or at least have to wait a lot longer if you don't get out and do it. So yeah. you know, what I hear you saying is, you like your decisions, you know, maybe things could have been a little different or you would have done if you did differently, it would be one thing, but you know, you, you, those are the moments that going, you know, we were there for scoop and uh, uh, what was it? The, uh, the Island in um, Canada, right? Victoria, you know, that was fun. Yeah. like going to these places, doing these different things. It's, it is fun. You get to kind of memorize and, and, and get those memory dividends. So you wouldn't, you wouldn't really do anything over if you, if you could, is there anything though you would change a bit, even like length yeah. of stay in places or, or you think you did it pretty, pretty optimal. Well, Bucharest didn't work out. So I went to Bucharest for like two weeks and realized with my PokerStars account, I couldn't play in Bucharest because of some law in Bucharest. I needed to have a European account. I, had, I didn't have one. Oh, so wow. that was that was an annoying three-week detour where we were just sitting in, like it was pretty bad flat, dude. Like it was, a, it was not a nice place at all. And mm-hmm. it was just like very hot. We didn't have anything kind of run down and we're just sitting there for two weeks like trying to find a house to where we can keep the stream going um wow. i would have i would have done that differently but in general i think it's like the good and the bad is all learning experiences right like back to bill perkins thing memory dividends dude i look back at all of those places in that year and like for the rest of my life i have a smile on my face when i think about it you know like it was just worth it to to have done it you know um so yeah no regrets it was crazy and what was your, what's your, what's your most fond 
place, I guess. What's your most fun uh, streaming setup that you just like loved it, where it was exciting. You just so nice and enjoyable. Maybe here even, I mean, so you got some art. Those are some scores. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about the art and maybe talk about this? And then, and, and two questions. Well, go to the art afterward. What's your favorite setup place you've been for like an extended period of time to stream? Uh, Split Croatia. Nothing to do with the stream setup. The stream setup was very basic and fine, but it was just like, um, it's just an amazing place, dude. It's like on the Mediterranean. We had a really great routine where we would wake up. We, I mean, this was like, I just started with Raise Your Edge too. I was going so hard in the paint. We'd vlog every day, wake up, grab coffee on the, on the ocean. You know, We were all single at the time. So some very pretty girls in Croatia were sipping espressos. People You're walking by the on the, on the Mediterranean. On. It was Make unbelievable, dude. Right. Uh, we're, we're three months into the weight loss bet. And then we'd hike up this hill called Marjan Hill. And it... There was like, I don't know, 250 steps maybe to the top, like a huge hill. And it became like a daily pilgrimage. It was like a religious experience almost of like, this is what we need to do to win this insane bet. Um, you know, you come back down, you see the place, get back to the spot. We had a cook that we paid like, I don't know, $300 a month or something. And she made us amazing chicken skewers for me and then grilled cheese sandwiches for Matt like every day. <laughs> And then I'd stream for eight hours and then I'd study for two hours. I'd sleep and we'd do it again. And we did that for two and a half months every day. Wow. And it was just like, we were just crushing, you know? And, and we were vlogging every day too. It was just like, everything was firing full cylinder. And it was just such a happy time because everything was going right. And the environment was like the dream, you know? Like, how did I get to be here? Like, I belong in a small town in Alberta. And here I am, you know? in Croatia, like taking on Bill Perkins in a 150 K weight loss bet. Like what has happened? It, it kind of hit me there. So I love that place. Uh, I want to go back post COVID. I want to go back for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. I remember that moment when we were in Virgin islands, we were at Bill's house and that it's someone, I still gotta, I gotta find this person. Maybe they're here watching now. You never know. Cause they could be here. The the name, I think I did see a clip of it or we found her. We did revisit yeah, that no, a few days oh. ago. The person who put the 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 the, the question out, like he what tweeted about the it? moment, the moment the bill offered the bet, he's he found the video and he tweeted it basically, like you know that was the spot. Yeah, I mean, we need to thank someone because that idea was was brilliant and 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 they really did spar. Uh, Flow Junkie is the name of who we get confirmation. Ghost of M doesn't miss much, and he does have that. So uh, Flow Junkie, if you're still on Twitch, if you're around, if you see this, um, please whisper Ghost of M and let's. I don't know. I, I got to think of something nice. I'm going to do something nice for you because that was that worked out well for everyone. That was yes. a lot of fun and, and some great content. It looks like he's not on at least live at the moment. I just sort of typed him in there. But anyway, yeah, that was that was a big time moment. And what was going through your head? What percent? I think we've covered this a bit, but like how how uh, let's take the two bets, because I do. I don't want to bring up not the fun part, but you did run it back on a, on a different type of bet to buy mm-hmm. bet. Like how exciting and how realistic did you know, you know, what percent chance did you think you actually could get that done. The the first part of that, that wager, like, were you pretty confident? I mean, Mike Vacanti, did you even consult or you just basically took it right? Like I that, didn't know Mike at that point. Oh, you I didn't, didn't know even know Mike. Mike. Okay. No. So you basically just said the odds are too good, right? Like whatever, <laughs> of course, like what yeah, worst case lose a bit. Yeah. 50 to one, but I was pretty certain I could do it. Like I'd been, I had experiences before where I'd gone on sort of like extreme crash diets. And so I'd known that I can drop weight quickly. I'd had that experience and then 50 to one on 2K, like immediately my head, or 3K to 150. Um, my head was immediately like, this is profitable whether we win or not. Like, who cares about the 3K? This is an interesting story for people to follow along with for the whole year. So my head went to like content. 
of like, hey, we can try. It doesn't matter if we win or not. It's it's a fun thing to try. So like, yeah, book, Insta. Um, Matt was a little bit more reluctant, <laughs> but then he was like, okay, and that was it. So and and then just again, I don't want to spend a lot of time. We did mention this before. We've we've covered uh, several things just on the on the the run it back right where Bill you gave the chance to get the body percent fat. What yeah. do you think realistically? What do you think would have been like a based on the bet terms, the 50K to 150 in that one, because it's a little different, much different odds and situation. What do you think the real odds were? And do you think maybe at that point, I think Matt touched on this on like what was important, where you were at, and just like what was actually feasible. Uh, You know, that one just kind of lost some steam where you just, you know, kind of at some point knew it wasn't going to happen. But what what would you have said about that overall? What was your overall sort of feeling on that whole wager? And and are you, do you think it was good you took it? Do you think you could have done something differently or it just wasn't the right place and time? And just didn't, wasn't going to work out based on, you know, you're streaming a lot and it was much more difficult. What, what do you think? Yeah. So I don't, I don't regret, uh, taking it. Cause I think with the information that I had at the time, it was a reasonable bet to take, you know, like I, I personally was on top of the world, you know, I was like, we just won the bet. Uh, you know, I've got my girlfriend soon to be fiance. We're hanging out in a city, you know, we did it. It's, it's going crazy. It's in men's health, you know, it's on good morning America. So I'm confident at this point, obviously, that I can I can do this. And then my trainer, Mike Vacanti, you know, sort of felt the same way. And he's like, this is definitely physically possible. And you've shown like the work ethic and discipline needed to do this. So I think you can do it. And I was like, well, I think I can too. Uh, and then again, my head snapped to content of like, you know, we we try and make this happen. And if we do it, it's maybe the one of the craziest health things that have ever happened. If two brothers end up getting sub 10% body fat in two years, um, you know, like that's fitness, fame and stardom and endorsements and like huge money on the line, I think. And if it doesn't work, then it's still an interesting story and we try. So it's like, okay, let's take it, you know, let's try. I mean, I, it ended up not working out in that I was really... I don't think I realized the effect that the crazy hamster wheel that we were on, like staying busy and like how much work that first bet was. And then the first half of the second bet was, I didn't really realize the effect that that was taking on me, but like it hit me mid year and it was like, oof, like, nope, that's a wall. <laughs> like, yeah. um, for sure. It was like, I, I can remember the moment kind of distinctly because we were doing DEXA scans. And so the goal is to get sub 10% body fat, right? And so I, I went for a scan and I got the number and I don't know what the, the percentage was, but it, you know, it was, it was normal. And then I worked out like six days a week. Um, and then I was doing car like core three times a day. This was in, in Victoria. I went back and the body fat percentage was higher. Um, after like a month of, of work, I couldn't really figure it out. Mike couldn't figure it out. Bill couldn't figure it out. He's like, oh, the scale is wrong or like it's a wrong, wrong reading. But at that point, it was like that was kind of a shift of like I couldn't take that news. You know, it was just like too hard. Um, And that was kind of like the moment that the bet was was GG in my head. I was like, I actually we were were together in Victoria around that time. And I vaguely remember where we. I started towards the end of scoop and we remember we were talking. I look like, I think that was where you're kind of like, ah, this one may not, may yeah. not be getting done, but anyway, whatever legendary stuff, you know, listen, prop bets, you can't win every one. And uh, you know, again, the, the one you did is uh, that was the important one. You did yeah. it. You, you got the memories. We have, we have videos to prove it. There's content, there's memories that people still talk about it to this day. Uh, and it's all time, all time stuff. Um, all right. Let me, 
Let me ask you, where do you see the current state of poker with what's going on? COVID's been crazy for gaming, for poker, for content, for Twitch. Obviously, numbers are up. Things are kind of kind of progressing in a in a fast way. What are you what is your take of the current landscape? Because we always talk about this too with your you and myself. We talk about USA, right? Like if USA comes back online, it's gonna yeah. be massive. We see Pennsylvania, we see my home state of Michigan. You know, my dad's playing there now on party <laughs> poker in in Michigan. Nice. Awesome. Love to see that. Uh, you know, it's nice that I know if I go back there, I got my setup, I can stream some party and, and play there. The intrastate conversations in play, right? If you now you have New Jersey, Nevada, you put in Pennsylvania, Delaware, uh, a couple other states looking to come online, Michigan, that's actually like a pretty viable network all of a sudden. Maybe they get plugged into the real whole network even, right? Maybe those are able to tie into the real world. Why not? Right? Like what's yep. the difference? So what are your thoughts? Are you bullish, bearish, unsure? Do you think it's hotter than ever? You see the numbers. How about WPT Florida 2,500 basically entrance yes. in the WPT, a record by about 25%. I mean, think 1,800, 1,795 is a previous record. People are in there with masks on and plexiglass and they're, and they're bursting on the door to play poker. Poker seems hot. That's my take. What do you think? I, I, it's a mixed bag for me. Like poker is as amazing as it was 15 years ago. The game is great. It's, it's incredible, right? I think the competition we have online and live is stronger than it's been since pre-Black Friday, right? Sites are fighting. They're out there battling, trying to create good stuff for players. And that's great for poker players. Uh, live operators, like you said, breaking records, like huge amounts of attendance. And just wait until COVID is even better. I think it's going to go wild. Like, I think people cannot wait to play. I'm one of those people. Um, but on the other side, I think regulatory issues in Europe and in Asia and like constant restricting of people to play against each other from around the world is a big problem. And it seems to continually get worse. You know, I see regulation that's coming out in Germany. I see regulation that's coming out in Northern Europe and in the UK. I mean, things that really make it hard for people to play against each other. That is a big problem. And I don't know if there is a solution because I think a lot of the companies that are operating in poker, poker is a part of their business, right? Their business also contains sportsbook and, and casino and um and and so poker is usually a smaller part of their business than those other aspects. And from their perspective, why do they need to fight these regulations and fight for poker when they have these much more profitable verticals? Um, so I view that as a pretty big problem, and I hope we can figure it out. The U.S. could lead the way. They, they may be the opportunity if we experience sort of a interstate, close to nationwide poker in the USA. Culturally, that could have a big effect on the rest of the world. Um, but it is getting more restrictive in Europe. And that's a problem, I think. Yeah. It, it, you know, if, again, it sort of just seems like nothing quite is exact comes together perfectly. It's just sort of like one, every time there's a tick the right direction, it goes two steps back, even like party poker. It's unfortunate. I had to pull out of Poland. Uh, I believe what Costa Rica, a lot of the market share and parties thriving, big software updates, all kinds of great news for party poker, the app is unbelievable. It is. I know like I play on a lot of apps, a lot of software. It's got the best app, which is really nice when to be able to play online. Uh, it just, and then it just all of a sudden then this happens or there's the limit on deposits or this or that. It just seems like it's always kind of like not all lining up and hopefully it will. And, you know, I think yeah. that we're, I think it's a good chance that we haven't seen that the, the largest, uh, you know, influx and in, in, in peak in poker, but of course it's still a sweat. It's still hard to know, but you know, a lot of, a lot of us uh, tax, 
states like are looking for revenue and taxes with COVID and online. It's a big proving like all of a sudden casinos are down, Vegas goes down, you know, stuff is kind of gets affected. And this is definitely a solution. I think one of the ways that people see that revenue could be done. It's also kind of crazy that daily fantasy is legal in all, almost all the states, but like poker, right? Yeah. It makes no sense. Like, yeah. why? How come you can play daily fantasy, but you can't control poker? And 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 actually, U.S. Uh, has legalized sports uh, gambling at a federal level, which is massive news because now it's up to state by state. That was like a huge deal, and I think a lot of poker is going to piggyback on uh, an upcoming year or two. Um, See, so we'll the, see. the the thing is as well is I think poker needs to get off of. It needs to avoid being grouped in with the rest of casino, right? Because it because that is where all of the problems come from a regulatory perspective of like you know the the social harms that come from casino are real, and in poker they're a lot less. You know, like the dangers of someone becoming a problem gambler uh, in slot machines as opposed to at a poker table; those are very different things, and yet they're regulated in the same way. And that's a problem for us, and that we get the short end of the stick all the time when. The risk doesn't match the the protections. So we need to piggyback on these other laws that make more money for businesses that are pushing them through Congress, right? But then also we need to avoid and get away from them because they tarnish our game in the name. So it's a really big problem. And the the financial incentives aren't aligned from my perspective in that the big businesses and the big companies that are pushing this forward aren't fighting for the good of poker. They're fighting for bottom line profits as they should, so how do we fix that problem? I feel like we need a maverick, right? We need we need a we need a big business, big dollar maverick to take the problem by the horns and push it forward. I don't have enough money or enough ability to be that person, but hopefully someone is there that can make that happen. For sure. No, I mean uh you know, we're we're again Saying the same thing. I think we see pretty much the same same thing that's going on. And it's going to be interesting how it all kind of shakes out. And again, the competition is huge. Like we said, we were with poker stars. You, myself, you, we left. Kevin Martin left. Uh, some other people left that were, you know, stars had a monopoly on Twitch, on streaming, on on whatever. And now, you know, party poker forms team online. You see 888 making moves. GG is thriving and popping. There's there's ACR. Mm-hmm. There's like legitimately a bunch of uh, with ACRs too. There's like six, seven sites that are legitimately have people that they are pushing content putting guarantees and there's something for everyone, right? Like even party, you could say, well, it doesn't have, you know, look at, they have a, they have a, what is it? $3 million guaranteed WPT. I'm just looking at the schedule here. Day one, a on Sunday. What is it? 3 million, 3 million guarantee. Yeah. 3 million guaranteed online tournament. That's massive. But on a daily basis on party poker, for example, there's a lot of two dollars $125, $200, 77 daily legends. There is stuff that you can play. And, and listen, it's nice to have an option. You want to play on some other sites. Maybe there's bigger guarantees on a weekday or bigger buy-ins, but there's something for everyone. It's kind of fun to play a 200 turbo or a hundred dollar knockout or a you know, seven yeah. gladiator that takes two, three, five, six hours, not, not a 12 hour or, you know, two day tournament. So it's kind of cool for a poker player that if there are multi-table tournaments that you have different options and different formats to play now. And there's a, and yes. the competition is huge because now there is no monopoly. They, they, you know, it's just better for everyone. So it's really, I think it's been the last two, three years we've seen a big shift in that. And also a reason why I think poker is growing is because of the content creators, because all the people are streaming on Twitch, putting out YouTube content yourself, Matt, you know, Lex, Finton, Spraggy, Tonka, like, all these guys, uh, Pav, uh, you can name, I can name 20, 30 
streamers that Cordy B that have like a, a actual production line of content, which is great to show the mm-hmm. game, show people how that it is a skill game, that it's fun, that you can work on your game. You know, there I could name I could name thirty people right that are that are off the top of my head that are doing a lot and that are, that are really putting a big effort. in. so, yeah, I think, I think the industry is in great shape. I think it's becoming less of negative connotations in poker. And I think uh, it's really fun to be a part of right now. And um, let's go to the art. I got to segue into the art. What's going on with the art? You got, you get, tell people the deal you after certain scores on stream, you buy art. So what do you got there? What do those scores represent? And what is that about? Yeah. So it's a 5k or more score for a piece of art. I mean, subject to change, if we hit too many scores at once, it's like, whoa, we're spending a bit too much on art. Like, slow down. Uh, so those are, these are a few pieces behind me. This one here I've had since Calgary, so five years. Inga is is their name. It is he, okay. she. It might be a goat. It's really tough to tell. Uh, an absolute Inga. classic. We got Pablo back there. Um, yeah, dude, I don't know. Like, art and culture, I think, is great. It's the flavor of life. And if you don't make a time for it and an excuse to purchase art or to read books or to listen to music. I mean, most people are too busy where they just don't include it in their life. So for me, I like art and this is like how I regiment making it part of my life. Uh, I tie it into poker because we don't get trophies for winning online poker tournaments. We don't get any recognition except for dollars in our bank account. And that means a little bit less over time, I think. So why not have some art to commemorate like moments of success? I love it. I'm a big, my, my brother-in-law is big into art. I'm starting to respect it more. It's just kind of one of those things that you don't know what you don't understand. And, you know, it's good to kind of get cultured and, and learn a bit on, on how that stuff works. So I, I, yeah. uh, it's also very ambiguous. You know, it's funny to see like what prices and scarcity, obviously NFTs are big now crypto, yeah. it's kind of other world. And, and where do you, where's your stance on NFTs on, uh, crypto like what's your kind of thought on this overall space it's pretty pretty aligned with poker right it's just one of those things whether you like it or don't you hear about it you see it where where, what's your stance on this this crazy new world of all this this stuff i mean crypto crypto blockchain tech is going to change the future forever it's incredible it's amazing uh i mean i don't know how it's going to shake out in terms of what projects or use cases end up becoming part of our daily life but i think that Bitcoin will almost certainly be like the long-term store of value. So I'm a huge believer in it. And I think it's going to change the world so much for the better over the next hundred years. Um, NFTs, I think is like a huge revolution. I don't think people really necessarily understand yet um, the idea of like a digitally scarce asset and how big of a deal it is, you know, like I think art, for example, right. You can go to the Louvre, take a photo of the Mona Lisa. You can have the Mona Lisa on your phone. You know, you can get a print on a t-shirt if you want to the Mona Lisa. You could have, you know, a master painter paint the Mona Lisa. And unless you were trained, you wouldn't tell the difference between the two. But the Mona Lisa is one of the most expensive paintings in the world. You know, it'd probably sell for billions of dollars or something, right? How much? Um, billions, I don't know. I don't yeah. know how much the Mona Lisa would be, yeah. but like, yeah, yeah. Something I would like assume it would be the most but Yeah, probably, yeah, billion level. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, we've, we've basically created in the last... 10 years, a way for that to apply to digital things, including digital art. So like digital art had no monetary value before because you could just copy and paste it and there's no proof of the original. Like someone could say, oh, that's my picture. I have the copyright, but like, it's not the original thing. Now you can have a digital Mona Lisa for the first time ever. Like that's a huge deal. And it's not just art, it's, it's anything. It's any sort of form of media um, can have an ownership for the first time, provable. That's like, that's going to change everything, dude. Me and you have talked NFTs. I've got an NFT project going. We're not, 
I mean, it's, there's nothing to talk about yet, but like I'm in it, bro. I think it's, I think it's a game changing tech. Uh, I think the world is going to change a lot and I'm just excited to be living through the change. I, I agree. Yeah, we could, that's a rabbit hole. We could go deep in that, but I think I, that's a good hot. I like the take. We've talked about it. It's going to yeah. share a bit on, on it. And, and, you know, we're aligned on, on our thoughts on, on all this. And I, I think, you know, honestly, I worry a bit. It's kind of a crazy time because social media and, and what's happening in the NFT world, like I'm a big believer that like 2% or so of all the stuff's going to work. Right. And that it will be, there'll be a couple big winners, right? There will be some NFT <laughs> platform, some yeah. NFT projects, some NFT creators or, or, or works that are just like, you know, it's going to be the creme de la creme. And then a lot of it's just going to be money grabs and kind of, yeah. you know, nothing. And it'll be people left holding the bag. So I get a little worried that it's almost done so fast. And, and so many people are going to try to do things that don't know how to do them correctly and just sort of yeah. throw it out there that it could sort of clutter and de, de, you know, give people the wrong idea of what NFTs are and why they make sense. So I don't know. I think ultimately after another year or two, things will kind of settle out and there will be some things that are just sort of like similar to, similar to sports cards, right? There's like, tops, there's back or grading companies. There's going to be ones that work. There's gonna be ones that people love. People don't yeah. like second tier, third tier stuff. And then the best. And I think that's just going to take a little bit for things to settle in for people to kind of get comfortable with what they like and what makes sense and how, why it makes sense. Cause it is confusing. Like you said, why not? What's the difference between, you know, let's take crypto punks. Like you can go online and like, I could use a crypto punk for my avatar. Right. Yeah. And like, do I own it? Is it, did I actually buy it? Is it mine? How do you know? Like, how does it work? And these things, I think similar to like verification on Twitter, things, there will be ways to authenticate. And it's kind of a flex, like CryptoPunks. Like, oh, I own a CryptoPunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm in a fund. So like I have it's a, like Supreme, a lot. You know, it's like, it yeah. is a flex for sure. Um, uh, you know, it, yeah, it's very, very interesting. But um, yeah, so anyway, okay, we'll cover that. Now tell me, tell me a bit about COVID. What positive things have come out of the pandemic for yourself? What, you know, this has been a weird time, scary time, you know, mm -hmm. for, for getting it, your family members, yourself, anyone, you know, that might get it and, and what could happen and a lot of misinformation, a lot of unknown information, but for you, uh, what has been positive like over this last year and a half that you think has been actually a benefit for you professionally, personally uh, with COVID or this pandemic? Uh, I think it, it forced me to work on, myself in a way that I hadn't before. So I would say like my, my mental health and sort of the way that I operate coming to understand myself, like that's something that kind of talking about the first bets, like I was just always busy. So I never had a moment to kind of stop and sit in it and sort of understand what's, what's happening, what's going on. And COVID sort of forced that upon me and, and everyone else. So I think I've come out the other side with like a lot better understanding of, of who I am and what makes me tick and what motivates me and what frustrates me and, and allows me to just operate in the world in a better way. Um, some of that might be age too, but it's just like, I don't know. Sometimes I just feel like looking back that I was a bit of a headless chicken, like running around, <laughs> like just going without sort of considering like, do I want to go or what's the effects of going or like, like not understanding that just going, 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 going. And I've kind of been able to, I think, escape that trap and consider things a little bit more thoroughly from COVID and being inside and having to address like a terrifying and deadly pandemic, um, you know, that we've all had to deal with. It's like, it's forced me to think and, and to work on it. So yeah, I would say that's good. And in, in, in terms of organization, you know, I, I like to, I love Trello. I, I, feel, I, sh I wish I, I need to find the owner. I want to have a beer with them. And, and thank them. That's just like the thing I love 
the most. It, it really gives me joy, like how, how like organizationally that helps me with so, with so many areas of my life. Do you have any hacks or things that are just like you love and you do? And cause we talk about this and it is overwhelming streaming. You get kind of like 10, 12 hours, eight hours, you get off. There's, there's messages. You got to catch up. You do giveaways, whatever, whatever. And then yeah. there's life, there's emails, there's other opportunities. There's, you know, things that you're passionate about. There's other projects like have you gotten any better systems in place? And this is something we have talked about organization and, and it just kind of one of those things that uh, seems like it's hard to get ahead and, and organize. Cause it's always yeah. something new. There's always a series going on. There's always a stream. There's always a live event or something you may want to go to. Like, how do you kind of find to get ahead and organize? And have you gotten any new tricks or are there things you think work for yourself in the last year or so during the pandemic? Maybe you've had a chance to do. So I, I have an assistant who is also my mother. <laughs> my mom is retired. So I employed her sort of as like a retirement job to help me with some of the things that I'm not so good at, like organizing logistics of moving countries, you know, like she booked the plane tickets and figured out how to get suitcases and transfers from the airport and like all that stuff that is heavy on me. So outsourcing some of the stuff that is difficult so that I don't have to think about it anymore helps keep things organized because it's just gone from your head. And then the second part, I think, is actually a change in mindset, which is it used to cause me a lot of stress and anxiety, all of these, um, all of the things to keep track of, because at a certain point, too much comes in to where you're going to miss stuff. Like, that's a really interesting change, because before I was a streamer, you could respond to everyone that talked to you, every single person. Someone messaged you on Facebook, you would respond to them if you wanted to. At a certain point, it becomes too much to where you can't, like you have to ignore some people because it becomes too much and you don't have any control over your life. And so that's really nerve wracking because you don't want to be rude to those people or like ignore them, but you you need to have some semblance of normality. So I just don't let that bother me anymore. Like I just miss emails sometimes. I miss messages and like, I'm okay with it because it is my life. And like some, some part of my life has to be for me as opposed to for other people. And, uh, it's just part of the gig. Like you just can't, you can't catch it all. You can't talk to everyone. You can't catch everything. You're going to miss some things. Some people are going to be, you know, feel like you're rude because you didn't respond to their message, but it's just like, you can't do it, man. It's impossible. Isn't it, isn't it kind of funny? Like, I don't know about you, but when I started originally kind of in, in poker and content and just in general, like streaming or or whatever, if I ever was on, you know, you've been on some shows, some, some poker shows you've, you've done obviously t- thousands and thousands of hours of, of streaming. Um, you know, do you, do you like, has it, has it, is it kind of funny now? Cause I doubt you go back and really ever watch your stream or watch a YouTube video you do. And it's like so cool and fun to sort of create, create, do content, whatever. And like, just to the point where you just love it, but you're not really like looking like, I don't find myself ever go back and like watch a stream, maybe a clip or a moment or something, but like, I don't actually go back or look at, you know, if I'm on a TV poker show, like going, I don't even watch the show. Like I've played yeah. high stakes cash for, I've never, like, I won't even no. go back and watch it. <laughs> I haven't seen it, bro. Yeah. Same thing. Monte Carlo, Poker Night America. I haven't seen a hand from the shows. Like I have no idea. What Which happened. is kind of funny, right? Cause like kind of the goal originally is like, Oh, I want to be on TV. And like, that's fun. Like it'd be cool to be on a show. But then once you kind of do it and like, it becomes like I same thing. I don't know. I don't watch a lot of people who I love their content. I love a lot of streamers, but I'm busy. I don't have to, I'm not watching your stream on a daily basis or Matt's yeah. or Lex or whoever. Right. So it's kind of funny though, in a way, do you, is it kind of weird to think like that? Like, Oh, look, yes. mom, or like, I want to be on TV. I want to be in there. And now it's almost like, it's so just mundane. Like, it's just like regular. You don't yeah. think about it. Is that kind of weird to look at yourself now and realize that, or yeah. do you just not even think about it? 
No, it's bizarre, bro. Because because it, like the the transition is so smooth. Like you think it's going to be a big like. Here's your moment. You're on TV. It's like no, no. You just show up and you're just like, oh, it's just poker. And it's oh, well, that was so normal. Like this, it was just. And then being on TV, you think it's going to be like some star moment of like, oh my god, I'm on a TV show. Like all my friends are going to watch. Like no, 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 bro. Like it's not. You're just. It's just life. So yeah, I think it's it's very underwhelming. 18 year old me would have been incredibly disappointing, but I think the learnings from that is like, it's not about, it's not about like reaching the end goal because then you just move it. You just move the, you move the line. Um, that's actually something I think about in regards to bill as well, which is like hanging out with really financially successful people, um, which I've been able to surround myself with a few of them. Um, it's so easy to move the line, move the target as to like what success what's good, what isn't good. And then I think I've been able to turn inwards more from having that experience of like, what is it that I want? Not what is it the people around me have? And, and that might actually be more than the people around you have. Like, Hey, I'm not shooting high enough for me. I don't think I want to be Bill Perkins rich, you know? And like, I don't have to feel inadequate to not be Bill Perkins rich. Like I don't need hundreds of millies. I'm good at like 10, bro. You know, (laughs) like 10 cool. But Lock they it say up. it's never enough. But like, what does that mean? At 10 million, you just like fade away out of content. You do anything differently or that you're just like happy and like you can live the life you want to live. And like what changes you get 10 million cash in the bank. Yeah. What changes for Jamie Staples tomorrow? I, I use my I would use my time very differently. I think, you know, like I definitely sell some of my time for money right now, whereas I wouldn't ever do that if you had 10 million, you know, you invest it in the stock market at a very conservative 5% return half a million a year, you pay taxes on it. You have 260,000 a year to spend every year until you die and you still have 10 million at the end. So that's, I mean, you can rent a luxury apartment in any city in the world on 260K. Like, like what do you, what else do you need? You know, what else do you need? You need to buy a Ferrari every year, right? So it's just like, to me, I don't think the only difference is like a bigger boat or a private plane beyond that point. I don't know what else. I like maybe nice, maybe nice paintings. So I wouldn't stream six days a week. That's for sure. I wouldn't be grinding Tuesday sessions. I'd still be playing Sunday because I love poker and I want to win tournaments. Never miss a Sunday. Yeah. I but mean, I, that, but I wouldn't be playing Tuesday, bro. You know, <laughs> it's, it's interesting. It's such an interesting dine. Honestly, like it's so funny. Cause uh, for me personally, you know, I look at like, I feel like I'm in the one of the more unique spots in poker in history of poker, because like, I'm sort of right in the middle. I got like the Matt Staples, the Landon Tices and guys that I know, you know, 18, 19, 20 year old, 21 that I'm friends with. And I see them kind of coming up in their grind. And then I see, you know, the Bill Perkins that are in their early fifties, uh, Helmuth, Esfandiari. Like, so I kind of am like the middle of like the guys that like poker has been around and then like the up and comers. So I kind of get a little taste of like all of it. And it's interesting because I think a lot of in, in general in life too, but just like poker speaking, part of it is the grind, right? It really is about like the, 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 the ride, because like yeah. at some point you get comfortable where you're like, all right, I have a house. Like I, or I have like my checklist of things that are mandatory in order and, the, and sort of like, cause like, I remember when I was playing one, two at like casino Windsor, now Caesars Windsor. And like, it was just like, you know, I didn't know if I was going to play poker for a living. Like, I didn't know what was going yeah. on. It was like, I got yeah. you know a couple grand. I'm in there playing one, two with $200. You know, I'm, I'm uh, at home for summer in college. Like, I got no clue. Am I going to be mowing lawns like for during the summers? Or like, I never had a job. I just like tried poker and it like worked and I kind of made it happen. But like, 
that's part of the fun is like when you're traveling the world and you got like, you don't know, like you yeah. could go bust, you could not have, you know, that's all part like at a certain point, you know, I miss like, I, I can't, there's not been a time where I just go into a, a poker game or casino for fun. Like not saying that like I couldn't, but like, again, I have a child on yeah. a stream. I do this, yeah. I, that. I play in a high, you know, PLO game that's like real and whatever. And it's like, at some point that, that, that's just like going there. And like that session that matters. Like if I win or lose 500, like is like a big deal to what's happening. I got my little sheet, my Excel and I'm keeping track every session. I mean, that's part of the most fun. Right. And then at some point, like you said, like, and then you start streaming or you put your head down and you're, there's times where you had a 15 out of hundred enjoyment or grinding. And it's sort of like you're saying about time. So it's just an interesting, the journey. I just like want to yeah. tell people in poker, in general, like enjoy that, right? Enjoy that part where you're like really getting a grind and hustle and putting those 36 hour, 20 hour sessions. And you know, you're, you're every, every card turn matters a river. Um, you know, it's just different stages, but, uh, I don't know. It's a long winded way of saying, um, I think part of the battle and part of the fun is that, that grind. And that, I don't think really the number is exactly the answer, whether it's 1 million, 10 million, yeah. 20 million, a hundred million, you know, the point is, uh, the time, right. And I think that's, again, Bill shot yeah. in the die with zero sort of being able to to take your time. I think Steve jobs, right. He was one, he made some really powerful statements or about life and what's worth. And like, you know, you don't know if you could get this, something could happen tomorrow. You get sick. You could, who knows, yeah. you want to make sure you are enjoying and taking time for things that really matter along the way, because like at some point it won't matter. Like, yeah, hopefully the money and it just doesn't. Sure. So it's like, you got to have a balance at the same time. That formula is tricky. Because like, well, in it's, your mind. it should be gradual though. That's the thing, bro. Yeah. Like, like first two years on Twitch, I mean, nightmares fuel, like just the, like it just, bro, it, it was just like, I would wake up a minute before my alarm and I would jump out of bed. That's how wired I was of like, I need to stream. Cause it was like an opportunity to like make something of my life, you know? And I, I knew it. I was like, this is my chance to, to do what I want to do. Right. But it's like the amount of work, I didn't have any time for myself. I did zero things for myself for two years. Like I didn't, I didn't watch any shows I liked. Right. I didn't like read up, like I didn't make any friends, nothing, dude. It was all in service of like acquiring the financial freedom to get the life that I wanted to have, right? All of it. And now it's like, I'm at a point 10 years into my poker career, six years into streaming, where I'm like, I need to transition a little bit away from everything in pursuit of like a financial and, and broadly success dream into like, I need to do some things for my, for myself, for like me, not in service of anyone else or like how people think about me, but like what I want to do with my own time in my life. And that it, it needs to be gradual. So I, that's what I'm saying with money, dude. If I hit that 10 million number and I, I'm not saying it's 10 million, but, but if it is, then I would do a lot of things for myself, almost everything for myself. And then I'd work on meaningful things for other people that were, I was passionate about, you know, I wouldn't do anything in pursuit of, of the dollars, which is a factor in like, I think 99% of people's lives. Cause I mean, it's a big deal. Money's important. It's yeah. I, I don't know. I have so many thoughts on this. Like it kind of comes down to FOMO as well too. Like at some point with in general, whether it's FOMO, you're missing out on other events or people, things that are going on or FOMO from your stream. Like Matt was talking about this, that he feels for the first time, like kind of more comfortable now. Like if he takes a month off or a few weeks or something, like he can come back and he'll still have his audience or, you know, he has one. Whereas that, that grind of like building it, right. Getting to the yeah. point where you, you get that stability. Uh, what, how do you feel on that? Like, do you feel, you know, say you want to go to the WSOP for two months or, go take a vacation for a month. Do you ever worry about that? And, and if so, like, 
now, how do you feel? Like, do you feel like you could take a month or two and come back and it would be okay? Or does that give you a bit of anxiety? Like, oh, like my, is my stream going to suffer so much when my numbers are much lower if I were to come back? Or do you not think like that anymore? It's about half as much as it used to be. In the beginning, it was terrifying. And like, I, I step away for three days and I feel awful by the third day. I'm just like, oh my God, you know? Um, but now it's kind of half as much. I don't worry so much about the audience because they've been there for seven years and they come back and like, I've had the experience of coming back with a smaller viewership and then being able to build it up again over three weeks of working hard. And then it's big again. And it's like, okay, so people are here for it kind of no matter what. Um, I do worry about like my other responsibilities in regards to my partnerships, sponsorships, things like that. I still feel pressure in that regard and that I want to put my best foot forward for any company I'm working alongside or, or working with. So it's like, I feel pressure there where it's like, I want to do the best for party poker as much as I can, you know? And uh, I don't ever want to give off the impression that I'm like, you know, mailing it in or sort of resting. I always want to do the best for them. So I always feel that pressure. I know you do as well. Uh, it's just like natural with being a sponsored player, but the audience I'm cool with, I think they, they've shown up time and again, and they support me whether I take some time off or not. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. I think that, uh, yeah, I think you and I are both, no one's going to ever accuse us of, of, uh, resting on our laurels or just sort of like, ah, whatever, you know, like we generally, and I mean, for sure, you know, you put the time and do the effort and it, I, there's really only one period of time, I think in the last five years where I feel like I actually, I, I don't want to say a vacation, but like, I just kind of like was off a bit of like the grid and that, you know, that was like in the last couple months, part of that being situationally, know where I am and not being able to stream, but it's, uh, you know, it is, I, I, same with you. I don't feel like I don't, I've never been, ha I've never been told, Hey, you got to stream like this many hours or oh. this many days, just cause like, it's never been an issue. Like I just, it doesn't even yeah. like, that's not how I think. Like, it's almost like, you know, more about like family, friends, balance. Like I want to make sure, okay, I'm, I'm balanced because maybe I'm too one, one way. But I think that's like the key word in life is balance. And it's so easy yeah. to get kind of lopsided on whatever that is uh, and have a routine and schedule is really important. Do you have, what's your typical routine right now with COVID and just in general, let's just take the next few weeks. Are you, are you, uh, do you have a set streaming schedule at the moment or, or, or not, not in the current state of things? I'm not really like obsessive about a daily schedule or anything. I used to try that and it never worked because it would just rotate all the time. So I have like a bunch of things I'm enjoying doing getting outside and exercising as much as I can really enjoying that. You can probably see I'm in Canada, but I'm like very tan. It, it looks like it's like mid August. Like, no, no, I've just been walking all over the place. Um, so that, that I'm enjoying, I'm reading a lot of books. I'm really into reading right now and, and just loving it. Um, play a little bit of video games, some Valorant play with Matt, Jeff. I think you should try Valorant, dude. It would be fun. I would love to play a game of Valorant with you. Um, and then I don't of course, know how to play it. it sounds fun, but I've heard that a lot. It's a first-person shooter. It's good, man. It's good. Yeah. Spend time with Rebecca, of course. You know, we we chat, hang out, talk, whatever, and study poker, do some business stuff, and stream and sleep. That's my whole life. That's what I do at the moment. Uh, that's pretty much it until the pandemic's over. And and what about studying and, and raise your edge? And obviously, we're both uh, affiliated with that. We use them. Ben CB respect. Well, what, what has been some realizations and, and, and how have you kind of, obviously you've studied throughout your career and, and done stuff. What has been your, your current thing? What do you think works and what do you think doesn't work? Cause I get this question a lot. People have a little bit of a hard time, you know, to sit down and just go plow through a course. 
you know, like fully, you know, whether it's like going through sections or, you know, ranges, what, what is something you like to do when you're studying or what do you find to be uh, an effective tool in, in, in getting better in your poker game? I'm really diverse with it. So sometimes I'll do solver work where you basically ask a machine a question, given a set of variables and you get an answer. Right. And I think that's really hardcore, like in-depth, yeah. heavy thinking stuff. Sometimes I'll watch a video. Sometimes I'll, I'll use a range viewer, like with Razor Edge and Parrot, and I'll go through sort of like preflop ranges and three bet ranges. And sometimes I'll talk with friends. Sometimes I'll watch my own stream and sort of pick out where I think I'm making mistakes. I mean, there, there's so many different sources and ways to learn. And I think they're all pretty valid. There's only one perspective that I really have a problem with, which is that, whoa, bro, Woo! what's going on in your chat, man? I just saw a little, uh, little, little hundo pack there from Green-Eyed Asian, Matt Seidman. Holy, a hundred pack coming in the pod, man. That'll break. That's we got to do a pause okay. for a hundred, hundred right. pack right there, man. Wow, that's a legend right there, man. Holy hundred ball. Wow. Thank you, man. Thank you from from me, from Jamie, from everyone, dude. I think pretty much everyone in here, we got about a hundred on at the moment that are live on this stream on Twitch. So everyone just kind of picked up. If you if you didn't get a sub, gifted sub, you're running bad. Cause I mean, literally yeah, everyone. How did, how did that it. happen, bro? We've got that like 110. Like, how do how does how do you miss a sub? You're running bad. That's uh <laughs> that's the legend right there. It's like a 10-year, one of my very, very close friends. Great poker player. Actually, it would be a fascinating podcast pod cast guest although he's not a poker guy but it would just be too entertaining so there he is he's in the chat he's got it all he's got moderator a year he's got all the badges he's doing it he's gifted the record on the stream so thank you sorry to interrupt jamie but 100 pack no, you got a pause. I mean, bro yeah yeah, yeah. 100 pack that's a moment in time i mean those are rare wow. <laughs> those are rare ones um that, that was i was generous. just i was just saying like uh, there's been some controversy recently from uh, a few strategy creators you know uh, crap talking other strategy creators, you know, and basically saying your stuff sucks, other stuff is better, whatever. Like I just roll my eyes at these, uh, you know, geniuses that are acting like idiots. Cause it's like, there's so many varying ways of learning that are effective for different people. And if you're unable to figure that out, you've got some learning to do yourself, right? Some people are going to be really oriented to a mathematical GTO based sort of learning system. And then figuring it out from there or just trying to play GTO because your brain is regimented like that, I guess. And then some people are really much more free flowing and creative and they want perspectives and they want the ability to arrive to an answer without being told what the answer is. And both are really valid. Um, and the good teachers out there understand that, you know, and they can appreciate that and respect that. And the bad teachers out there, um, I don't know, just like have such a narrow perspective on life. So we've seen that. And like, I respect Raise Your Edge and Ben so much for the way that they do coaching and sort of the openness in which they approach poker. And I think their results and their students' results uh, speak for themselves. So yeah, I'm a big fan of Ben and what he does. And and what do you, what do you believe is, what do you believe in streamers are the most... Uh, I guess, attractive or, or, you know, just speak in general. Like if you're watching a stream, you know, not, not speak. I'm going to ask you, actually, I'll ask you a different way. I'm going to ask you a different way. What do you believe? What do you believe? And I think it's better this way, actually, because it's sort of like an indirect way of saying what, like, what do you think your skill sets are? Your, your best attributes of streaming? Let's just, let's just do it that way. Instead of cutting to the BS and what do you look for in other streamers and stuff? What do you, what do you do? Well, what is, what is something that people are going to watch your stream? And, and do you think that you're, you have a, 
you know, it's kind of a weird one because I, I know you're a very humble guy, but what do you think is like your, your superpowers in streaming and, and with Twitch and poker and Twitch? Um, I think, I think I'm good at poker, but I think there's a lot of good poker players as well. Um, but I think I have a good way of explaining thought process and thinking. And I, when I'm playing hands, I'm talking through why I'm doing what I'm doing and, and what I'm thinking about, which is not necessarily true of a lot of the biggest poker streamers. Like I always think about poker streams that way in my head. But then when I watch like Lex or Spraggy or Tonka, they don't often actually explain what's going on in a hand. Um, and that's not a bad thing. It's just different from how I do it. So I think that's something that stands out for me is that people get a little bit insight into the thought process going through hands, which is nice. Um, and then I think like we're, we're all just individuals, you know? So like I'm a different guy than, than Lex and Tonka and Spraggy and Matt and you, and like, we're all just people and, and people are interesting. So some people vibe with what I got going on and they like art, you know? And then some people rage tilt because I've got a scrunchie in my hair and then they go watch Tonka and it's like, both are okay, bro. I mean, you can, you can live your life, choose your own adventure. <laughs> I, I love that. I, I, I completely agree. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, there are so many options. That's why it is nice. Cause you just, uh, you get to, you get to choose, you get to choose. And there's so many different coaches. I will say to, to your point about some of these high level poker players that are kind of uh, ridiculing or, or deconstructing others work. It's kind of fascinating. Right. And it's kind of like, you see one guy, like, is this way a little better or not? And you guys, some of the biggest winners and, and crushers in the game. And now there is like, you know, five or six, I'd say, yeah. coaching products, right? There's, there's, we can name them off. Obviously we're team raise your edge. Uh, yeah. of course. So we, we love, you know, Ben CB and he's putting a lot of work and time with us and, and has a great product, but yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting to see guys that are at that level, sort of uh, nitpicking on others. Like, Oh no, it's like, you know, a seven, eight student should be this instead of that, or like an inch or a little difference and stuff. But, um, I, I think part of it is, uh, the polarizing strategy, right? Like it's just good content. It actually helps everyone. And then like the co they're like giving, you know, brings attention to each, right? Maybe some yeah. people try multiple coaching things anyway. So uh, whatever, shout out to Ben CB, raise your edge, all the, all the boys <laughs> yeah. over there. Shout out to yeah. the good guys, dude. But I don't have yeah. any, I don't have any respect for that kind of marketing though. I don't, you know, it's like, there's ways to, you can yeah. get attention from being an asshole. It's the easiest form of attention to get. Easiest, dude. Like it's easy to get eyeballs because negativity just breeds people jumping on it, you know? So like if your interactions in the world are tearing other people down to big yourself up, it's just like soulless, dude, you know? It takes no courage. It takes no effort. It's not interesting. It's like you're contributing to the world a negative perspective on someone else. You're tearing down the world to big yourself up. There's not like, there's nothing admirable or interesting about it to me. It's just like right. the oldest most played out trope and idiots fall for it and love it. But it's just like, it's bullshit, bro. It sucks. Right. I hate people like that. They're the worst. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. It's sort of one-on-one textbook. And, and I think the, the lowest hanging fruit and just kind of not, uh, yeah. it, it's, it's sort of, it's whatever. It's a little bit Bush league. All right. Tell me what is your most exciting moment on stream? What's you've had some big scores. You've had some big runs. What is your favorite memory of actually streaming a, a particular stream, a particular hand, straight flush, Royal flush, you know, crazy. It wasn't, it could be a score. What is your most memorable streaming moment? Well, the weight, weight loss bet weigh in was on the stream. So that, I mean, that's, that's gotta be the most famous moment I'd say. Uh, I think a second one that stands out for sure is just in the fall I had like 15,000 viewers, something like that, 
15 or 14,000 viewers. As I was down to 19 in the 5K millions online, it was 900,000 for the win. I mean, a lot of people there, bro. And it was hype. I mean, it was a career defining opportunity. I felt a little bit short, unfortunately, for 35K. It's still a little bit painful, but that was, that was a moment, you know, like that was a real opportunity. Last one, I'd say the day I signed my first sponsorship. Um, so a lot of people at the time were watching my stream from within the company. I was like the first Twitch signing, um, or I guess the second Twitch signing after Jason Summer. But anyways, and I won the big one or nine on that day, which was like the biggest tournaments on the schedule. So I won the biggest tournament on the schedule for like 20 K and the stream was just going bananas on the day of my signing. So like all of my bosses and like wow. everyone was there and it was just like one of the hypest moments. Wow. That's pretty and special. Then, and yeah. That's yeah, crazy to put pretty, in perspective. Yeah. What year was that? 15, 16? That would have been 15, dude. Uh, so yeah, 15. 15. A tax day in the U S wow. Big right around black Friday, uh, the four year anniversary as well. Yeah. It's a pretty, that's a lot going on. That was a lot. That's a lot of over what, uh, wow. And, and let me just, that puts things in perspective to where the state of poker was then. If that's the biggest, a one Oh nine and that on a, was the biggest. Cause now there's yeah. two fifteen, five hundred, one K's, two K's, five K, 10 K's like every day, almost like it seems. So, I mean, this was, uh, yeah, man, people forget what poker was like five years ago. It wow. was way different, bro. Literally the biggest tournament on the schedule on all the sites was the big 109, 20K guaranteed. There was an afternoon 162 on stars and it was smaller because it didn't have enough players to, to reach the 109, right? And that wow. was, there was no bounties. There was no bounty hunters. Like the world was different on a Sunday. Let's talk Sunday schedule. This will blow your mind if you're a new poker player, right? The biggest tournament on the Sunday was the 215 Sunday million. There was a $530 Sunday 500. There's the 215 warm-up, 215 mulligan, and that was the Sunday schedule. Everything else was 109 and under. There wow. was no one Ks on Sunday, no two Ks, no five Ks, no 10 Ks, no 25 Ks, nothing. And that was true of all the sites. I think Party Poker had like a 5K like six years ago. They took it away, and then 500 was the biggest buy-in, and that was considered the high roller. Now it's like, bro, guys are in for 100K on Sunday, like easy. Easy pog, they snap it in. It's the game has changed completely online. It's crazy. That, it really, man, perspective's everything. And that's uh that's crazy. Cause like I guess, yeah, I'm thinking back to 2000 pre-Black Friday. And, and even then there weren't like high rollers, you know, it wasn't like two K's and five K's online then. But yeah, exactly. It was the Sunday million and some 500s. And you know, that was a huge buy-in. So yeah. uh, the best wow. tournament players in the world were, were firing the same schedule as, as the mid-stakes grinders. They're in the they're in the big fifty five. They're in the big one hundred nine. They're in the milli. They're in the the five hundred and the warm the up. Like, yeah, the the, the 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 exactly. Wow, it really is crazy. Yeah. I mean, poker poker's in a pretty special place. I think it is. Like, I think that that's uh, you know, crypto a little bit helps, right? People are pumped up yeah. a bit and sort of rid the rid the wave. Obviously, BTC a little setback at the moment and sort of uh, markets sort of uh, you know correcting and whatnot. But yeah, man, it's crazy. Like we are we are uh, we are in a really good spot. What what do your parents think? What do uh, Mama Papa Staples? We've we've talked about this with Matt a bit, but how how much how proud must they be to see you guys? you know, dive in and, and be sponsored by major brands, traveling the world, making six figure bets. Like how, how, how is, uh, how does team Staples feel over there at home? I think they're happy, dude. I mean, they were nervous like seven years ago <laughs> of like, what are you doing exactly? Uh, but I think, like you said, when, when there was like sort of more mainstream recognition, they're like, oh, okay, this is a legit thing. 
like he's actually doing something good here. And then, you know, over time they've come to watch the stream, understand it a little bit more. And now they're, you know, the supporting parents, like, like you would be for, you know, anyone playing a sport or something like that. You know, they, they'll watch our games and root for our success and and be happy for us. And I think in general, just want us to be happy and healthy and, and successful. So yeah, they're, they're supportive all the way. And and uh, and and you mentioned it was one of the best moments getting signed, and then obviously having that that score on that day. Uh, how do you, how do you deal with the highs and lows? You know, mentality. Uh, raise your edge again. Give him a shout out. They got the course, Coach Bauman. Uh, I've actually worked with him directly. Really, really like him. They got some some cool stuff. Elliot Rowe does content. He's been on here. I know you know Elliot, and mm-hmm. and it's very important. I mean, poker is like athletics. You know, and Olympians they 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 they're known to have depression. Uh, very common like the highs are so high to win a medal or compete at the highest level and then not you know poker similar right you get that 15,000 viewer you hit these massive marks but then some days you know that you're not you know the show is capped there's a hundred hundred dollar buy-in max you're down to one screen it's a 55 dollar and you know there's other stuff going on how do you sort of deal with that high and low and and how do you sort of uh manage your expectations on a given day because it is true like the wpt is coming up there's a big opportunity, right? 3,200 yeah. buy-in. You realize if you go to that final 20, you could be the, you could be the guy. You could set a personal record. You could hit a Twitch record. But on a yeah. given day, you can't have that. So how do you get fired up? How do you give your best and, and deal with things aren't going well? Give me some tricks to that because that's a huge part of poker. Change your goals, man. I think that's it. It's like I think when most people start in poker, they want to escape their situation. They want to make something of themselves. They want to make some money that they can't make you know, uh, working a a dead end job. So that's all really exciting and exhilarating. But then, you know, when the bankroll hits 150 K 200 K, let's say it's like, okay, you could, you might win 5 K today. It's not going to change anything about your life. Zero. It's not exciting anymore to win that 5 K. It's, it's not painful to lose 2 K. So it has, it has to be for a different reason. And I think that's a transition that most people go through. So for me, I want to have success in my career. I want to win tournaments, I want to have exciting moments. I want to be a good ambassador and share the game of poker in a healthy um, and and safe way and show the great parts of the game because there's a lot of people that show the not awesome parts of the game. So like that all drives me forward. Um, and it's just not about the dollars and cents anymore on on like a small day, right? It's about can I get a victory? Can I have a good stream? Can I can I introduce ten people to the game of poker and give them sort of a positive outlook about what it is we do? Like that is motivating not a little bit more money. Absolutely. Uh, how do you, how do you manage to, I guess, uh, what's the word? How do you put a, how do you put a caveat in? How do you kind of protect against the gaming aspect? Now there's like 18 plus, you know, beware gamblers and I'm so it's like you are promoting a game. We're promoting a game that there is financial risk. You know, it's not, you're not playing checkers. You're not playing chess. You're, you're not playing a game that has zero consequence. Most of the time, of course, there's play money. There's free rolls. There is, you know, people want to be responsible. You can play one cent, two cent. You can always set bankroll. Not everyone has that discipline. How do you sort of protect against that and, 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 and just also maybe make a disclaimer? What's your way of uh, telling people, hey, look, I play for a living. There is financial risk. You know, it's a mm-hmm. great game. There's a lot of benefits to, to, to life you can apply to real life with, with poker. But how do you sort of be careful not to put someone down, you know, 
to quit their job and become a professional poker player without taking the right precautions, you know, and also it's a different time, right? We talked about hundred hours is the biggest tournament online. Then, you know, 2004 was a period in poker, 2010, 2015, 2020, there's different times, different abilities, different mm-hmm. entry points, different, different risks. What do you say to people that are starting poker right now? And, and how do you kind of help them to not maybe get over their head? Yeah. So I think it's a, it's a really uh, thin line in a lot of areas, right? Because you're speaking to different people that have different circumstances and situations and mindsets, and you have to come up with broad overarching advice. So I think being really responsible in the way that you talk about poker and sometimes a little bit boring and drab in the way you talk about poker, but um, in effect to ensure that you don't cause harm to people. Right. So when people ask questions like, um, Oh, uh, bro, I'm thinking, you know, I might just take a punt on this 215. Like I'm tilted. I'm, I think I'm just going to punt off my bankroll. Like the funny thing to do as a streamer is be like, bro, best of luck with your punt, like ship it. But the responsible thing to do as a poker ambassador is to sort of warn against some of the pitfalls and some of the difficulties that people have in the game. So I try and take the responsible side of things quite often and, um, and just highlight some of the some of the negative things that can happen and some of the things you want to look out for like only playing poker with money that you can afford to lose, you know, addressing the reality that just because I'm a poker pro doesn't mean you can be too. And I put a lot of work in to get good enough to make, you know, decent money, but it's likely you're not going to be able to do that. Like just being honest and and frank and forthcoming about that and not being deceiving that this is easy and, and anyone can do it. And if you're smart enough, you've got it, but also being true and genuine and authentic. Um, so it's, it's a really difficult line, I think, wearing those two hats of Jamie, the player, and then Jamie, the, the poker ambassador. It's like, it's a tough thing. I don't know. It's close in a lot of spots. For sure. Um, yeah, I like that. I think that's uh, a <laughs> kind of struggle with and, and try to keep an eye on and make sure always aware of and, and let people, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to sell a dream. You don't want to sell something and, and put people in a bad spot. You want to be honest, let them know, you know, and, yeah. and also try to try to give them good advice along the way and, and make sure they're not just putting all their eggs in one basket. Uh, tell me one, about- Jeff, I, I want to ask you if, if you get this sometimes, right? Because uh, sometimes I feel like a little bit hypocritical and I try not to be. So a common one will be, Hey man, you know, I think I want to quit my, my job and pursue poker full time. And like, we both know that this is 98% unsuccessful as a pursuit when people do that, right? Like they probably don't have a plan. They don't have a conception of like, what really it takes and what it's going to be like. But also if I'm that guy, I'm definitely quitting my job and I definitely wouldn't be here if I hadn't quit my job and did exactly what he's about to do. Even though he's most likely going to fail, I really struggled to tell him not to because I don't think I would do the same thing. And I think that's bad advice. I think you got to shoot your shot. I think you just got to land on your feet when you fail. So like, how do you deal with that, Jeff? I want to know your answer because it's... Yeah, it's a great question. Honestly, there's no way of like doing this without sounding a little bit uh, not humble because like I think that it takes a very special person and personality. But also I think the more, like I say that in a way, more with a caveat of the right time. I'm 34 years old. I have a two-year-old son. I'm married. I have a lot of responsibilities. I would not recommend that to someone who is in my situation to start from scratch and like go on a Twitch ride or go to your local casino and try to beat one too. You know, I started when I was 15, 16, playing a bit online, playing 25 cent 50. I got not a care in the world, no financial responsibility. You know, I was playing soccer uh, at a high competitive level, couldn't really even have a job. So like 
I was not in a spot where it's like, oh, like it's either play poker or, you know, work at the local Dairy Queen. Like it was just like, I'm playing soccer. Poker's great for me because I can play a little bit, hop online. Now I played a lot. Like I was playing all night <laughs> and not being so responsible. And I was like, you know, hopping in bed at 444 and my dad's alarm would go off and I would yeah. deal out of a hand, just slide into bed. And then, you know, it was, I wasn't being fully like in that sense responsible. The point is it's very different. What would I tell a 16 or 17 year old? That's like that I, you know, has the right sort of skill set attributes to possibly work. Um, you know, it's different than someone I would tell that's 25, 35, 45 on what they would do and how they would do it. And also it's so different because I don't even know, like I'm not qualified to tell you how to come into the 25 cent, exactly. 50 cent level right now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I don't it, know. And I don't it's know. also le- just like, it, it feels so silly sometimes when, when like people are asking me questions and I'm like, man, I don't like, I don't have life figured out. Like, why are you asking me? Like, I don't know. It's, it's so weird when I see streamers and they're the similar age to us, you know, 25, 26. And they're giving like, basically like life financial advice on how to manage a bankroll. I'm just like, bro, like, how are you going to this guy about like how to manage your money? Like he doesn't know either. Like we don't have the answers. Like this, this worked out for us and here's what usually happens. But like, I hate the feeling of having to come across it on the, as the authority in those situations when it's like, bro, I don't like, I'm trying to figure this all out too. Like, this is just life. You know, the, the biggest thing though, again, it's like personality. It doesn't, it doesn't like, I'm, I play video games, board games, like all the time. I love games. I, I, you know, I, I was out selling door to door pictures to buy my walkie talkies. I was selling bubblicious out of my cubby in, in second grade. Like I would go, it's crazy. Cause Josh Luber, the, the co-founder of, uh, of StockX, he did the exact same thing. He talked to me, I almost jumped out of my chair on the podcast. He's like, I used to sell <laughs> bubblicious, the same gum, the same thing it was $5 a pack. I would sell a dollar a pack, you know, it was four, uh, five packs and it was $4 or a quarter a piece. And it was five mm. pieces in a pack. So I was making a dollar to, you know, even if I stretched it out like a, a piece, it was, you know, going a long way, but that was just who I was. Like I was an entrepreneur at heart. Like I love money. I love people. I love, you know, the whole hustle of it all. I just, that's who I am. So like yeah. poker is a great fit. And, and then, you know, affiliate programs from in college and, you know, all that was just like part of my DNA. So like, for me, it's a natural fit. Now, someone who's kind of lazy or just, you know, whatever, right? Like, again, like you said, 2%, I don't know the right percent, but you know, same thing with Twitch. I'm sure you've had this. You probably had friends or other poker professionals that will reach out and they'll be like, Hey, I want to stream. And they'll, they'll, they'll be like, give me your playbook. Yeah. Or I'm like, sure, here it is. Here's all the equipment. This is what you need for a laptop, a travel set. This is a live yeah. set. This is for a podcast. Guess what? Maybe three or four of them have done one or two or five or 10 streams, but like guys, they, they think they want to do it or girls, but they don't really want to do it because like, it's such a grind. Like you really got to commit. Like it's a thing. It's not once in a while. Now, listen, there's guys like Bill Perkins, Daniel Legrandu, Phil Helmuth that have a Twitch that can go on and get massive viewers and have like a thing and they don't really care. And it's just like an extra thing. But if you want to do it for a living and you want to be uh, consistent and, and go for it, you got to, you got to really want it. And it's just not for everybody. It's just yeah. not, it's just not, it's not even like, so I don't know. I'm sure you've had that, right? You've probably given some people. Oh yeah. 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 Like 20, 25 people like, Hey, what do I need? What do I need to yeah. do? I think I want to be a streamer. And it's like, you probably don't. I think one of the guys that really stands out ape styles is one of those guys. When he comes into the game, I'm thinking the same thing with ape styles. I'm like, this guy has won millions of dollars playing poker. He doesn't need the money, you know, like, and he is an amazing player. Like, 
there's no chance Ape Styles is going to be grinding Twitch in three months. I was wrong, dude. I mean, Ape Styles is he's doing it. I really respect like his his uh, motivation and his like internal his internal motivation. None of it is financial, clearly, because it's just like he doesn't need he doesn't need it. He's done very well. He's playing 25Ks on GG and like winning millions of dollars. It's like, you know, the guy's very successful, but he right. is streaming nonetheless, which is so cool, dude. It's dope. But like also his personality, I think, is set for it and his skill set and his multitasking and tables. Plus, he like package in some of the coaching stuff he does. Yeah, or, he's got some you know, financial like, upside. It stuff. makes sense. It yeah. makes sense. But yeah, to your point. You would think maybe he comes on and streams a Sunday once in a while or like just flicks it in. But yeah, he's yeah. been consistent and really getting it. But again, it is kind of fun. It's sort of addicting. If you love it, it's easy in terms of like your setup and what you do. Like, why not? Because it's kind of like the same thing. You know, uh, I, that Sprite Sprite commercial, I always stands out to me like this. I think I've mentioned this to you before. It's like, like the guy like looks under the cat or no, they're playing a video game. And and like this little character is like, some guy's celebrating, they win versus a friend. He's like, what'd you win? Like, what'd you win? Like, you, you play in a video game. And then he look, he twists under the cap and it's like, you know, free, whatever, some prize. And it's like, you can win science. Same on Twitch. Like, if you're playing poker and you have that extra chance, like, why not? Same now, like with video games. You can actually stream video games. People are getting scholarships. There's esports. And it's like, you're building something, a brand, a process. Like, it's like, it's like a, a, a it's like a, uh, it's like an, it's a free roll, right? Like to yeah. build and do something along the way. Now, of course, you're going to give up a little bit of ability, a little bit of focus to your tables. But net net, if you're like, I want to play poker online in the next two to three years, probably a good idea to have the you know, assuming your personality is fit for it and you like it, it probably makes sense to build a channel and have that option. Maybe you do it, yeah. maybe you try it, maybe you don't. You know, I look at like Chance Corneth. You know, same thing. He he asked for the blueprint. He streams some. He has a kid now. He's busy. He's a great poker player. Plays live. This and that. He's not a grinder, but like he has the capability to go on and do a stream, promote his coaching. And you know, he's an example of someone that like did it, went through it, understands it, has the capability, and 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 kind of comes in and out as yeah. he wishes, which I think is cool too. And I think that's something to to people if you're wondering, oh, I don't have the right equipment. I don't know, like, is it going to work? Because listen, it happens. Doesn't matter if you're a well-known player or not, or middle of, of the road, or brand new, it's going to take time to get used to it. You're going to change your graphics, change your camera, change your background, change your graphics, change your commands, change your animations. Like, there's a process, and it's not going to be great right away. If you don't yeah. try it, though, like, you know, because it's all, it's an uphill battle. It's intimidating to think, oh, I'm going to start, and I got three people watching me, and I got to put out my first tweet and hope, like, some people show up in hockey, and you're on the wrong scene, or you forget to close your stream, and, you know, yeah. there's all kinds of stuff that can happen. What's you know, what, most- you know what I think, Jeff? I want to pay you a compliment here, because I think people need to have a, a Jeff Gross and Flow Show mentality when you start a stream. Like you said, it is intimidating. And then also, if you're already like a decent poker player, it's like you're putting yourself out there in a way to to get ridiculed almost, right? Like for a long time, there was a lack of respect in regards to being a streamer. It was just like, oh, you're basically a clown for people. You know, like you make money from streaming and like, you know, you're not a real poker player, right? So you have to go out there as a mid stakes player and you have to just like put all that behind you and sort of be brave in the face of that negativity and pessimism. And, and you can't be ironic about it either. And you know, I I talk about Matt, when we talk about you, we talk about this all the time, Jeff, I don't know if you've ever done anything ironically in your life, everything you do, you do it to the fullest. And I have so much respect for it, man. 
you could be tying your shoe and you're going to be the best two shoe tire in you're going to try your absolute best no matter what. And that's, that's a mentality you need to have in life in general, but also with streaming, you got to go out there and just like screw everyone else. I'm going to do my absolute best trying to do this and take that mentality. I think it'll win. You got to have the flow show mentality. I appreciate it. It's a very, very, uh, a very strong comment. I appreciate that. I will say that I got to, I, my grind has been so different, I think than most. And like, I don't really know if there's any, you know, USA, well, that have been doing as long. I mean, Jason Somerville, right. But in terms of USA streaming and having to travel, I can just tell you like Jason and I respect him so much with the one table and how he did it. Cause it's so fucking gangster. Like it's excuse, like, it's just so different than like pretty much everyone who does it and it works so well but also like he would just do seasons right which is pretty cool too he would like say i'm going wherever and like i'm gonna fire hard like that is so smart in my opinion because like one of the big struggles i've had is that on the road stuff like two weeks here one week here going here don't know you know like you said you had a problem in in, uh, bucharest or or i think i pronounced it wrong but you know different like i was in new zealand and i was going on a trip with my wife i was like all right we're gonna mix it up and do some cool stuff i'll stream some the internet there's no internet like the internet in the hotels would say it's five up and down, but it was like 0.1. It was so crazy to set up, like take a half a day or a whole day and try to figure it out and like not be able to stream and make plans. And, you know, like you, it's just, it's so intense that journey and process of like so much, so much tilt. Like if you could like ha- half the time in 2015 or 16 to like eight, 17, 18 was like really upsetting moments for me. Like you in Brazil <laughs> and like just couldn't stream. Or I was on like, super terrible quality right like the stream would be like could barely hear me or in and out or you don't know right how how hard is it to stream when you don't know if like you're it's even working you got a five minute delay it's cutting in and out like it's not right right it's you're not i don't do that man i don't do that like like i have had good enough internet in every spot i've gone to i've never gone with the hotel wi-fi or or like the hotel internet because like i just i wouldn't stream i just couldn't do it you know like the the most the biggest technical hurdles I've had was IRL streaming where you're on a data network from your phone, like out in the wild. And that would cut out sometimes, but like in general, I wouldn't, I can't put up with that dude. Like I, I think the days of mobile setups are gone for me. It's I have the home base with the great setup and maybe I'll go a spot for two months and take a, a small setup. But like, that's about it. You know, that's how I feel though, in some ways too, about planning organization, understanding too, because you know, like for here, for example, I have a nice setup in terms of like I got a background. This is a good place to do a podcast. I got a good mic. I got it. I feel comfortable. I like it. Whereas like, okay, maybe I'll jam podcasts more for the next, you know, while I'm here. And then when I'm on the road, I'll do this or that. Right. Cause it's not good. I don't, like doing a podcast on the road from a janky internet with a bad background, not the right mic and bad lighting. It's yeah. like, it's not the why, like, why not just do it right when you can in the spot? So I think with like yeah. adequate planning and understanding, you kind of learn what works and doesn't. And I, like I say, we're in the matrix, obviously, like we're constantly improving, optimizing and getting things right. And I think that's something that, you know, you and I have a lot of experience in. we've definitely been through the trenches. We've seen what works. We see what we like, what we don't like. And that's why when we do our next stream house or whatever, you know, we're going to blow the roof off. We're going to have the, the bells and whistles. We're going to have, you know, everything, you know, high and tight and we're going to be ready to rock. So I, I expect us to do something big in the future again, whether it's a, a boat, a plane, stream something, a bus. Like I, I know there's some talks about bus or this or that. Like what, what about you? What's, what's your dream project? Like I put it out there and if you can or not share, what would be something you would like to do that hasn't been done or do you not even want to share it because you're worried it might get yanked? No, I mean, I've kind of had that experience before. I came up with a stream bus Remember, I told you that. I think it was yeah. in Barcelona. I pitched yeah. it to the stars. And then the Moneymaker tour happens. 
and that was it. <laughs> and then, so I was like, oh, okay. So I, I think the poker player live tour, I take credit for that idea. I mean, of course, poker stars developed it to be a big thing with the moneymaker tour. Like they did, did great work. It doesn't take a genius to come up with that idea, but in general, I think that had a lot of promise and still does have a lot of promise. Uh, I would love to do a stream bus. The thing is like, how does internet work with the stream bus? I don't know. There's a lot of logistics. We're 2021, man. It's NFT time. Like you don't think there could be a bus with <laughs> internet Madden. John Madden was doing it. He was rocking the tour bus and probably could, you know, do his rate, yeah. whatever from there. Like there's gotta be a way. I mean, I don't know. There's, there's, there's ways like a motor home or something yeah. like I'm sure there's, there's stuff, but we haven't seen, I, I think we're still on the uh, early stages of the Mac, the, the creativity that can happen. And, and you see some, yes. some cool yeah. stuff going on. So I'm sure we'll figure it out and have some, some nice collaborations. Stream cabin, um, bro. I think we should do a stream cabin because bro, think about like a nice lake in the background, some mountains in the woods, you get a, you get a five or a six pack of poker players and you're just posted up studying hands, streaming, you're in the wilderness. I mean, that's a moment, I think. We haven't done a stream cabin. We've done the stream boat twice. We've done the stream house, stream bus to be determined. I mean, I'm engaged, you're married. It might be a bit of a tough thing to bring along, uh, to bring along significant others. Stream cabin could work though, dude. I'm in for stream cabin. Yeah, I think that, I mean, I, that that would be cool. Like my only thing is, yeah, again, just life, logistics, different yeah. things. I'm going to have to get like a, a second cabin, you know, bring the fam and, and a, a nanny and, and be posted up because it's, uh, it's, it's too intense, but um, you know, like for sure. Uh, I, I also, Jamie, I do have to give you, you know, I got to give you a big compliment. You know, you are, you're, you're, you really are like a brother. You're one of my, uh, I guess, closest friends in poker, but also a very, very close friend. I, I don't even want to say like limit to poker. We talk a lot. We, you've been in my, I guess, Twitch and content journey. You got, you basically one told me I got to get on YouTube. You just like an innovator. I think you're always are ahead of the curve. Like you have ideas. You're very, very creative. You are a go-getter. And, you know, I think that, you know, I think again, in terms of poker and content, you are sort of the, uh, one of those guys that like when people look back at this, like say a decade of Twitch poker, I, I guess like from 50, like you basically cemented yourself as, you know, one of the, the, the heroes, one of the guys that's just put it on the line, you know, always outward focused, always, you know, looking to help others and do stuff. So I think that, again, I have to give you big compliment, big thank you. Cause you always are sharing too, you know, it's such a competitive landscape. Twitch in particular with viewership and King of the mountain, but you really, you know, you go out of your way and you, you do share and uh, I think you generally want the best for everyone. So it's nice. It's great that we've been, you know, went from stars to here, aligned mm-hmm. on projects and done a lot of stuff together. I hope we get to do uh, a lot more because it's been fun and, and definitely someone that I trust 100% and, you know, really uh, you know, bromance moment. But yeah, man, I, I got a lot of love for you and, and, and really uh, you want to say thank you for all the, the stuff we've been able to do so far. It's been fun. So cheers, man. It has, been, it has been good. It's like, it's nice to collaborate with you on stuff and I've gotten... Likewise, you know, a lot of value out of a relationship um, from from just like our collaborating and working together on stuff, uh, leaving the personal aspect aside of it. Um, and you're right, though. It's like when I think about collaboration, I think it's definitely cost me money for sure. It's cost me time for sure. And it hasn't been a plus EV decision in terms of dollars and cents, but I can't help myself. It's just like I want Twitch and poker to grow. You know, it's like there's been a lot of relationships that are one sided. And it's like, take, 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 and you don't get anything. Ours is not like that. And there's been some great relationships as well. And it's just like, at the end of the day, you want poker to, to thrive and succeed. And it's like, you take the worst of it sometimes. That's okay. You know, just like grow the game and be good in the world. 
I, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I also, though, do believe very strongly one of my favorite sayings or sort of things that I think are true, sort of like uh, karma is like very uh, cliche, like goat. People like to toss that term karma goat, these type of big, powerful words that are kind of overused and thrown around. But the, in terms of like a saying or a, a way of thinking, I really believe the wheel is round. You know, I, I don't know if you've heard that or, or no. Have you heard that? No. I mean, it means what goes around comes around and basically right. like no kind of good deed or good, good gesture, I think goes unnoticed. And same thing when someone does something nasty or sort of like does something that's not right, it comes around, right? Like, you know, yeah. kind of everyone gets their medicine, right? The wheel is round. What, what goes around comes around. It happens. I like it. Good and bad. Yeah. That's good. And, and, and uh, you know, it's a little cliche, but I think it's true. And I think that's something that in general, when you're just like outward focused, um, I think good opportunities, good things. And you just never know. Right. Because like one thing, like you say that, but like maybe something you've done or something, whatever, that maybe doesn't feel like it's returned or, or gets taken or this or that, like at the end of the day, it net net brings like a, a positive or it comes back in some way, shape or form. Because like, you know, if you are in a spot where you're in a career where you're in a relationship and you're looking for like dollar for dollar, pound for pound all the time. It can get tricky, right? Cause like yeah. you're never, you're, you're gonna have your opinion. There's their opinion. There's the real opinion. And sometimes it's not even like the person's fault or how they, what they're able or capable of. So I think when you start coming from that place of, of everything needs to be the same, which I know you don't like you come no. from just like, do your best, put it out there, you know, trust the process kind of mentality, which is like how I like to be in general too. Uh, I think that's a better way of operating, you know, cause it's a yeah. dangerous sticky road. If you start like thinking like that and also you're gonna get disappointed a lot. If you want to like give people, you know, always, and, and also you're hiding your, 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 I think a lot of great ideas and things don't ever happen because people are so protective, so cautious, so, yeah. so yeah. worried about getting burned that that something never starts or they don't, you know, put it out there. Um, you know, of course you hear stories where people take advantage or steal things or this or that, but like, you know, ultimately I think you got to be willing to give a little to, uh, you know, for the better of everything, right. Like to, to, to collaborate yes. and make the best of things. So, um, and I think the mindset shift that I've had to go through and like, I remember thinking several years ago and I was different on it was like, I had expectations of other people and they're like, I think that's the killer, you know, like when you expect, something in return for the effort that you put towards someone. It's like, like you said, you're going to end up being disappointed a lot because sometimes it just doesn't work like that. So like just being selfless in sort of your relationships and the way you interact with people and never expecting anything in return, your life is amazing. It's just like always on the up and up, you know, you can only win. It's a free roll. Right. Yeah. I think that's, uh, I think that's a good way, a good way to look at it. Well, listen, you're, we have had two editions officially here. I got a lot more questions, things I'd like to talk about, but I do want to point out we have a $111 ticket on uh, a giveaway. So, you know, if you go here, you go to Twitter, you go to my pin tweet. I think Jamie also did tweet it out. It is a $111 ticket, a one shot ticket. I have to dig in here, but this is a true story. Someone took the 111 ticket and they won the one shot for like 20 grand, one of the early oh. weeks. I think this, I got to say, I think it was the week after they won the ticket, but they, they, they got the ticket, they played it and then they played it again. They hadn't played it before and then they won it. So I can't say it was the actual ticket, but you get it. There was, it was, it can happen. People can do special things. And that's yeah. a nice one. $111 ticket guys, get the retweet, ask a question. We're going to try to answer as many as we can here. And then we'll, uh, we'll roll on off in the sunset, but get your questions in on Twitter. We're going to take and attack some of these now. So, uh, Jamie, anything else before we start going into 
uh, the questions. Anything else you want to mention? Anything schedule wise? WPT? Are you playing day one A or day one B or both? If you have oh, to, what's your deal? Both in there, man. WPT on Party Poker uh, in action. So I'm going to be streaming a bunch, uh, kind of early Eastern time. I'm just going to wake up and start streaming, and that's going to be the process for the next uh, couple of weeks. And we'll see if that carries throughout throughout the summer in general. So yeah, wake up and grind is the name of the game. I love it. That's a, that's the time. This is one of those, t- those periods where you just got to, everything's out the window. You, you know, the, the fitness, the health, all that, hopefully you get that in, but then the emails, the side stuff, the projects, ideas kind of get put on hold, right? Evening. It's a little, it's yeah. fun, but it's also After everything else. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. just, you know, it's just kind of one of those deals. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's get in here. So right off the bat, my man, Chad McVean, who does give a lot of love on, on the show, appreciate you with the question and, and promoting the podcast and generally promotes a lot of podcast. So check him out and give him a phone Twitter, but he has a question. What lessons have you learned from poker and streaming that would be most beneficial if you were just starting today? I think I kind of asked that, but this is a little different way. So how would you answer that specifically lessons you have learned from streaming and poker? Um, I guess like it, things can, can appear to be like really sexy and like one-off powerful moments and like amazing breakthroughs and stuff like that. But the reality is often very not sexy and very sort of nitty gritty. And it's just like consistent, persistent effort and, and just regular chipping away at, at problems and ideas and things to have success in streaming and in poker. Like a lot of the crushers are not just hitting massive scores for like 4 million. They're day after day, grinding it out four days a week, eight hours a day, putting in the time to study. And they're just like showing consistent printy graphs Um, Same thing with streaming. It's like showing up when you don't want to, making the time for people when you don't want to answer that question and uh, and going the extra mile. So grind, grind it out. It's not sexy, but it's it's the winning formula. For sure. And I see Thomas Screech in the chat. You've been instrumental today. I want to say hello, but also just to point out, people ask if you are moving back to Canada. I think I saw some people think you were still in the UK and Scotland, but you are in Canada. You are in Montreal, correct? Montreal, dude. Loving it. There's no chat. You don't get a tan like this in the UK. There's not enough sun throughout the whole year. This is, this is Montreal for sure. hundred percent. Happy to be here, Jeff. Spotted the original stream house. It's got fond memories. It's good. Keeping, keeping Airbnb on, uh, keep your eyes out. If anything in the neighborhood opens up, I, I am <laughs> a favorite to get to Montreal this year for us extended, you know, period of time. And, and, uh, I, I hope we get to do some sort of, uh, house or collaboration out there. I don't know how it would work or what we would do, but um, I got some ideas and who knows. So, uh, all right, we're back guys, $111 giveaway. Ask your question, send the retweet out on my pinned tweet. We are doing it from party poker. Uh, it is, it is, uh, it is time. We're here. We're in the question question zone. Dinky 18 asked very interesting question. I'm glad it got asked cause I don't have to tee it up. Uh, you know, it's just here. <laughs> what changed the most going from poker stars ambassador to party poker and how did it impact poker career? Juicy one. Yeah, bro. I mean, it's it's been very different for sure. You know, like I don't want to be negative on anyone here. I think my time at Poker Stars was amazing. Um, we did some awesome stuff, and uh, I think we helped each other out quite a bit um, and helped each other grow. I helped them grow; they helped me grow. I think Party Poker has very much been a different aspect in that they had a different level of faith and a different level of partnership with us than than Poker Stars was having. Um, you know. It's kind of like, felt like I was one of the roster, one of the team over there. And like, you kind of just follow the script of what, what a sponsored player is supposed to be. Whereas 
uh, we were extended a little bit more faith and trust and resources to try and make some of the things we want to have happen come to reality, try and make a bit more of an impact within uh, the company and have our voices be heard. And, and so that was really a liberating sort of thing to, to make a difference, have an effect and have a, a team that really believes in us as individuals and, and um, yeah, and give us the resources needed to sort of make it a big impact. So that's been really rewarding. Um, poker is still poker at the end of the day. Right. Um, so it's been really rewarding to work with party poker on their team. And, and I'm very optimistic about, about the future. So it should be exciting. Yeah. I got to piggyback on that as we, you know, transition together from, from poker stars to, uh, party poker. Again, I think a lot of benefit in that with competition, with everything, just there's mm-hmm. a monopoly basically going on. Now there's not enjoyed my time at stars as well. Uh, a lot and it was a big opportunity. It's a major platform. And obviously Melanie Scott, those guys like provide a lot of, a lot of good stuff for us. And I enjoyed everyone enjoyed everything there. And I think, again, I say this when I ask this question in general, but I think it, to highlight the fact that poker is different, similar to like, look at compared to sort of a, a major like sponsorship, right? It's sort of like being an athlete on uh, like take the MLS or NHL or any sport, right? There's, th- there's, you, teams. Yeah. there's 32 teams. Whereas in poker, let's call it eight. Let's just say there's eight teams. Like that's even a stretch. Like there's like five majors, but similar to NHL, right? You got a team like an expansion team or a, a low, or let's just take NFL, Green Bay Packers. They're a small market. You know, they have, they've got a big name, but like there's some teams that are like lower markets and lower money spent. And there's some teams that are major, like Yankees or, or such. So, you know, it, it feels more close to home when someone leaves in poker because there's 32 teams. But when people move around, it's like, all right, someone got traded. You know, if it's Yankee Red Sox, it's a big, like, oh, like, it's crazy, right? Like, it's like a big, they're rivals. But, like, in poker, everything's sort of close. So, when you move sites, it feels kind of personal or like, oh, but no, really, it's just business. And what's best for yourself at that given time and what the vision of the site is, uh, yeah. I think, you know, people have to understand that. And it's not really like, oh, this site's bad or this site's great or, like, this no. site's doing that. It's just kind of like, all right, it's like this fits for me in the moment. People in, within the industry move all the time, too. People bounce around jobs from stars to, to party, party to GG. It just happens. Like there's just yeah. only so many organizations. So I think there's just, I don't want to point that out. It's not so personal and feels so bad. And we still, you know, talk with people. At least I know I do. And I'm sure you do. And the streamers, the people there, and it's a small industry and I, it is what it is. Um, That's right. That's right, Jeff. Adam Pliska really gave me that. And I, I took it home, which is like the fighting of like us versus them. I mean, this is a small industry and everyone needs to do a job to grow it. We're all on the same team. We're all trying to go to bat for for poker. And yeah, like some teams don't recognize other teams because it's not in their best interest. And it's like, you know, they they try and protect what they've built and the money they spend on getting players. At the end of the day, grow poker is an objective we all share and we can all align with that. So yeah. it's exactly that, bro. And also when people ask, like, hey man, what do you think for a second site? I'm I'm like, I'm thinking like. Bro, basically, I play for the New York Islanders, and you're asking me if you should go to a New Jersey Jets game, you know, or or like a New Jersey Devil game. Like, no, like go to the Islanders. I don't care about anyone else. Like, come watch the Islanders. This is my team. Like, I'm sure they're great hockey players and great guys, but like, I don't care what's going on there. I'm an Islander, right? Like, that's that's how it is. Right. Uh, in, yeah. in regards to sponsorship, you know. 
Yeah. I, I got to ask you this as well, because I, this is something I keep seeing a lot. People have, you know, we, I, we've covered this before about the alias names, about no HUDs party does a lot of cool stuff, a lot of innovative things, you know, big, big topics in the industry, you know, shout out to Rob Young, always taking a chance. Uh, Tom Waters, you know, as well, who's been a big part of that. Uh, Vadim, all these guys we work with that we respect and that are making difficult decisions that, that have impact on the industry and how people play the game. Uh, also, you know, it's been, as you mentioned, some, some tricky things with, we take a step forward with legalization in Pennsylvania, Michigan, then this happens, Europe, different rules, deposit limits in the UK. How, how valuable, and what do you think about Luxon? Because I know that is pro- a big issue with Party and several other sites where you can no longer player to player transfer, which is very, you know, that's tough, right? Like how many times have you or I, like I need money on the site or you do, or, you know, you got a friend or yeah. someone to play. It's very easy, right? Whereas you start to have to load your bank account. You got to find a different thing, deposit options. It's a little bit of a tedious process. How, yeah, how so. have you found Luxon and are you using that? Cause I know that's something that is new and with no player to player transfer, that is the preferred sort of method to get money on the site and then move around with player to play, person to person. And then onto the site, how, have you used that uh, often? Do you like it? And, and how has that been? Luxon is dope, bro. I mean, I'm kind of involved a little bit with Luxon and what's what's going on there. Not like in a not in a working capacity or anything, but like I'm I'm at least on the inside in terms of knowledge and stuff on what's happening there. So uh, as a disclaimer, but it is like so dope, bro. As a Canadian, right? I use Canadian dollars. U.S. to Canadian dollar, I don't know how much money I've burnt in exchange fees, but it's absolutely ridiculous, right? right? And the amount of time it takes to get from here to here to here, like it's just such a pain. It's such a frustrating process in poker to like move money around, get money from X to Y, and like you've got to prove everything to all these different parties. Luxon so far, dude, has changed my life completely in that I can take money out of party poker into my Luxon, I can convert it into any currency. I don't pay any any fees on that, which I still don't even know what kind of magic that is. It's magic. It's just like yeah. a perfect, and then I get it into my bank in like a day and a half. Like I don't wow. under, it's such a nice thing. Every other company is going to have to catch up pretty quickly, dude, because it's, it's innovative. Like, it's, it's innovative. innovative. Listen, I'm also on team Luxon. I, I, you know, I know as with party and how intricate it is. And I understand the, the behind the scenes and, and, and I love it. And I know that with backing and players and all that, it's a huge headache to not have player player transfers. So again, I just want to touch on it. Cause I know that it's something that I believe in and I support, and I know that it makes life easier for so many people I know. So anyway, I just want to hit on that. I don't know. Sure. People have seen it and noticed that there aren't player player transfer anywhere. So anyway, just want to this talk. Is, this that. is what people in the chat are saying as well. They put it in the exchange rate, but the thing that you don't understand is you actually Google the XE rate, right? You, you Google the, the going rate, they don't add a markup to the rate. What they do is they their business model is different to where they're not charging consumers. They're charging right. the the operators. So it's like you don't actually pay any VIG. And that right. is the best that I can get as an individual by probably about 1.5% anywhere in the world. Like it's incredible for yeah, me with cool. my small net worth that I can I, get I a spot exchange like that. It's crazy. I just remember back in the day, like talking when I was in college, like not even 21 probably, you know, 0304 when it was, uh, or oh, yeah, 05, where Net Teller, I don't know if you know Net Teller, used oh, yeah, it or yeah, yeah. heard of it, but that Metro. was like, 
that was the OG. Like that was back on the party poker days. Party poker was the first site I ever played at. Truly. It's, it's great that I'm here now and I can just like, probably that was the first ever site. I got money transferred back then. It was just like, create a screen name. Your friends send you 50 bucks, like make a username. No, like whatever. I mean, I, it yeah. was wild west, but like net teller was like money in and out. It was amazing. And that's what let, that's the feel of Luxon now where it's like, you can just have Luxon. And I know GG has it. Uh, I believe 888 is is using it or soon and it's just anyway i don't want to spend this about luxon yeah. we're just we're high on it we believe on it and you guys should you should you should know the name luxon it's a power it's a, it's, it's a game changer so uh shout out to to that but uh yeah people are asking you can hear more about it. it's on the website party poker anyway jamie and i we endorse it we love it um that's that's a fact so okay we've covered that let's move on uh you you th- this is kevin hayes paying you a compliment here you always look so composed when you get knocked out i said this earlier out of a tournament or get a bad beat i've never seen you rage never seen you rage capital rage how do you keep yourself in check have you ever in the past flipped out and thrown broken stuff after a bad beat? So my man's asking, how do you keep your composure? And have you ever lost it? Like seven or eight years ago, I used to tilt after taking bad beats, but I don't really anymore. Um, so part of it is because I wanted to be a pro golfer and tilt in golf is very similar to poker. So I was practicing from when I was like 12 or 13 to manage emotions and tilt in performance. Um, but it's just like having objective having a realistic expectation about what you can get out of poker, which is like, hey, bro, you're not going to win 80-20s all day. You're going to lose some of them. And if you expect to win them, you're just wrong. Like your expectations are out of whack. So it doesn't surprise me ever to lose. I don't always expect to win. Um, Having realistic expectations is important. And then the second part is like, all you can do is, is impart good decisions. The rest is just the mirage, right? It's like, what happens? But your job is good decisions. Once you've made the decision, the rest is going to happen. So it's like, it's like missing like an eight foot putt. It's like, I'm not tilted. It's like, I'm going to miss some putts. Like I'm going to lose some hands. Sometimes I'm going to run into the nuts. Sometimes I'm going to bust to a bad beat on a final table. And like, I know that because I'm, I'm not an idiot, you know, like I know how this game works. So I shouldn't be surprised by it. Let, let me, let me take it one step further. How do you deal with variance in terms of like being, or I should say not variance results oriented. Cause this to me is so tricky. Like you could go on a stretch. I saw someone reference in the chat. I don't know if this is true or not. They're saying Matt's on a 50 K downswing this year. Cause he puts his results on a stream, right. And then tracks every thing, which is cool. That's a whole nother, you know, uh, deal of whatever, but like, he does that and he's downswinging and that's, I think playing great poker and gotten a lot better, a ton better. Like he's a you know very good poker player. Now, yeah, yeah. like how do you tell though, like that 50 K he could easily be playing the best poker of his life and be down, let's say 50 K and, mm-hmm. and, and how, how do you find it to know? Cause as a streamer, it is frustrating as well. Like if you go through a period of time where you're like, watch people are watching you losing and mm-hmm. you may not be playing your best. Maybe it's too many tables. Maybe it's a combination of things. Or maybe you're losing flips at final tables or bad beats, whatever it is. How are you able to, separate that and say, okay, I'm not playing well. I need to reset or I'm just running bad. Do you have, do you have a way to do that? Do you have like a a, a database, like, or just your mental, like gauge, like how are you able to decide if you're playing well or not? Because results only is a real thing and it's hard sometimes. I think just review, like you can't look at results to dictate whether you're doing well or not. Well, I think it comes down to the decision making point. So getting feedback on that, checking out some hands, looking into learning resources to ensure that you're doing the right thing like that is the work of deciding whether you're doing well or not, not like what the result came down as. Um, and then also for me, like personally, I never feel any frustration because 
I just kind of have blind faith that, that the process of like working on your game is all there is like nothing else matters. So you just keep working and find mistakes and fix them where I sometimes get a little bit frustrated or like, um, I get on like almost like an impatient tilt, I guess of like, I want something to happen now is perception. So if I go like several weeks without winning on stream, I don't care about the money I lost. I don't care about my ability as a player. I care about my ability to prove it and to showcase the hard work on stream because the reality right. for people is different than the reality for me, right? So like if if I'm working hard and results aren't coming, I'm frustrated that I don't get to showcase the hard work I've been doing to the people that watch the show. That's like, that's the only sort of form of, of tilt or frustration or impatience that I experience, I think. Right. And uh, man, that's, yeah, it's well said. I think that's one of the hardest things in poker to do is be honest with yourself and just kind of be able to, 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 to get a good feel because you can also be running well and not playing great. And that happens too. So it's a, uh, it's a bit tricky, right? And that's, uh, yeah. it's why it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a tricky thing at some degree, at some level in poker, you know, enough, like you or I, whether we're playing like a plus or B minus poker, we can get on the stream and talk things through. This is the hand this is how many blinds you have. I should do this. I'm going to, you know, like you yeah. kind of understand, but it's like at some point there are punts or spots that you could play better or, you know, take it to the next level. And I think that's a, it's a bit, a bit tricky when you get to a certain point of poker where you can confidently, you know, talk through things that you, it's easy to know, you know, it's easy to get confused or distracted on what level you're playing and if things aren't going well or not. So anyway, I really like how you explain that. And I will also uh, ask now, cause this is always something that fascinates me. How many tables are you playing and what do you believe is the right formula? Cause this changes for me personally, we haven't talked about this in a while. What are you doing on stream and what do you think is your optimal, optimal set and why, why do you do what you do? Depends how sharp I'm feeling a few more on Sunday than other days of the week. Cause the action is slower. So I'm usually five. I would say five is like my standard in the midweek and then six is my standard on Sunday, but I can go up to eight and be comfortable, but not for like 10 hours. You know, I can play eight for like three hours, but then things usually calm down and I'll get back down to six or five. So like eight's pretty much the max. And then five, four or five is pretty much the min somewhere in there. And, but do you notice like a significant difference at like two, one or two, like, do you feel like you're playing like, wow, like I'm just not missing a spot and I'm playing like amazing at four or five no or even difference. eight. No difference. One, two or three, four is where I start four, five, six is where I start to like maybe play a little bit too passive in the small line, for example, maybe miss the occasional flop check raise, uh, you know, maybe miss the occasional open and the hijack with the queen eight suited like that sort of stuff. Like I'll start to get a little fuzzy around the edge. Um, when I start to hit like five, six really, but no difference between one and three for me. I think that's, that's a, that's a, that's a fair, fair assessment. I think that's, I don't know. I just find this to be like the most fascinating thing. I think it's one of the things that's like the most, that could most people could that are playing at a high level or playing a lot of tables or a lot of tournaments that could really uh, affect like their win rate. Like, I just think it makes such a big difference to play like two or three versus like six or eight. Like there's mm -hmm. so, like, if I could redo the pandemic uh, in terms of my playing, like I, I think at times, like I was doing 10, 12 tables during streaming. <laughs> and it was just like, it was an absolute mess. Bro, like, we had this conversation like literally yeah. three years ago, Jeff, you're just, you're a FOMO master, man. You can't know, help yourself. Man. You're just I like, can't. I'm going to play two, I, three I, tables. I, and then you fire up and you see all these amazing tournaments and you're just sitting 10 deep. 
And then, and then we have this chat where you're just like, I'm going to play two or three tables. I don't believe yeah. you, Jeff. Next session, I want to see three tables max. I don't believe you. I bet against. Um, all right. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I, I can pick you up. Maybe that's what I need. Honestly, like, you know, the thing about like betting weight, like betting these type of things that are like, even I, I've done no alcohol bet for a year. I did no bread bet. I did carry on only for a year. Luckily mm-hmm. that was before streaming, but like these type of things can just like force you into uh, habits. So I don't know, maybe a, Give maybe me a free a roll. Then. Give me a free roll, Jeff. All right. Talk to me. What, like what? Anything, anything over four. You a free only... roll, not a bet. Get, no, give me a free roll. Wow. That's a different way of looking at it. I'm more I of mean, a, what, what do you want? My, my $500 upside. Get, if you really want to play under four tables, give me a free roll. Oh, that's a tricky. I, that's a, that's a big raise. You just absolutely heat checked me. 800 um, bucks, 800 bucks for anything over four tables, free roll. For, for what, for when over four, that's over like four, you can play up to four and I'll, I'll give you a grace period. If you accidentally forgot you're registered in something, that's fine. That's allowed. I'll but do it. For six. I'll give you a free roll on six. Cause that's, mm. that's like, he's not, playing, he's not playing his best poker at five chat. He's not, we, we all know it, <laughs> we all not, know but, it. <laughs> but six above six, I'm on another screen. Then I'm going to, then we got real pro like then now we're talking like six is like, Six on one screen. I think that's okay. I'll give you a free roll on six for, for, uh, okay. Yeah, I'll give you a, anything uh, over six. Give me a free roll. I'll give you a 1K free roll, but I get, I get 20% of the tournament. If 1K tournament free roll. So it's 800, but it's a 1K buy in. Okay. Got it? Yeah. That's, that's book. You can, for you 20, 20, for 20, uh, 2021. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see how that goes. We'll check back in on the okay. next, uh, the next pod and, and, uh, and, and see where we're at. But I like that. I ghost, I hope you're listening and remind me, please. Cause I, I will, I, I'm going to do that. I, that's, I don't, don't get too excited. Jamie. I don't think you're going to get that one. I'm going to, I'm going to be, I'm going to be disciplined. So we got that in the books. All right. We're going to take a few more guys. There's a lot. Look at this love. Look at the, look at the, look at the questions. Uh, um, there's a lot, man. Uh, there's a lot of questions we've covered actually a lot. Um, but let's see, I'm going to pick a few more, uh, a few more. Give me your first ever uh, poker. Give me your first ever poker experience. Like, just tell me your first time you ever played live poker. Do you remember it? Where was it? What happened? Did you win? Who got you there? Give me all of it. Give me the whole deal. Um. Yeah. So, I mean, I remember playing um, free rolls and like play money poker at 12 years old once. And then the next time was like home games and Zynga poker in high school. But like the first time I played actual real money poker, I played a one, two home game where I bought in for a hundred bucks and my hand was shaking. It was a four handed cash game. I won like 250 bucks. It was the dream. And then I went to Lethbridge casino and similarly, my hands were shaking. I walked right through the pit because I didn't know that the pit was like a no go zone. So I just walked in between tables through to the poker room and they're like, no, 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 you got to go around. I was like, okay. Sure. Like, I don't know how this works, man. Like you didn't get tackled. They didn't, they didn't come and tackle you. It's a low security. It's Lethbridge casino, bro. This it's not a, it's not a, you know, it's not the hot spot in the town. So anyways, I played cash. I think I lost like 150 bucks, but sitting with $200 in front of you is like, it's scary. And then also you're like, am I an idiot? Like, what am I? Like, I could lose this. Like, is this for real, bro? Um, so yeah, I mean, it's intense. But then it becomes very normal and very fun. But the first couple of times, it's so scary. It just is. It's just scary. Sorry, I, it is. I, 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 I'm, I completely. I remember, man. It's, it is. It's fun. It's great memories. The first live 
live poker really is uh it is fun and what give me give me uh quickly we got a question we'll take a couple more but the question about your biggest live win let's take a look at the hen and mob you you haven't really jane and matt as well a lot of streamers haven't really spent a lot of time um playing live just because no. of the nature of twitch and is this something you know tell us about your biggest live win you did i remember you took down uh you won some tournaments you won the one at uh, and, and actually it was Barcelona. I think we were there. Barcelona, we had some fun, yeah. Some videos. I'm waiting had- for my EPT tag on PokerStars, but they haven't given it to me yet. So I don't know. Um, I, like I traveled around for a lot of the 5K. You could see some of the 5K EPTs on there. Um, but I don't I don't go to the World Series very often or like a lot of these series because, which well, doesn't make sense. I'm away from my stream for two weeks. You know, I don't make any streaming money or get any real rest when I go to these stops. It's like, I'm sort of doing my job, but with only one revenue source instead of like seven. So it doesn't make a lot of sense unless I want to do it for fun. And I have enough poker in my life. Um, run it up Reno third place main events and, or that PLO cash for 23,000 euros might be it. I'm thinking live poker is very much a later in my poker career activity when I'm like, kind of burnt out from putting in a lot of hours on the camera and I want to slow things down a little bit. I'm looking forward to traveling and playing some live stops around the world, but I feel like I still have the energy and the moment is still digital. It's Twitch, it's YouTube, it's Facebook, it's action. And uh, it would just seem like a waste to really invest a lot of time in live poker right now. So that's kind of my focus is online. I love it. And uh, we'll take maybe two more questions from Twitter, guys. Get them in. You can win that $111 ticket. The one shot from Party Poker, Jamie Staples, myself. Tell me about YouTube um, on your channel and growth and, and how much um, do you, are you involved? So you have a video editor and, and such. Tell me the process. Yeah. Are you doing thumbnails? Are you coming up with the titles? Is it hard for you to let go of control? Talk me through a video that gets made on your YouTube channel. What's the process in that? And what, what are you actually doing other than, you know, it's highlights from Twitch, mm. repurposed. But what involvement do you have other than that? Like, are you just streaming and that's completely just done? Do you say, hey, this was a good run or hey, there was a lot of crazy stuff today. Make some mm-hmm. notes. How do you get it out? Notes. Yeah. So I make notes. Uh, I have two editors right now. One that works within Party Poker's uh, ecosystem and then one that I employ myself. Um, so for YouTube and Facebook highlights specifically, I upload the stream. I make some notes on what happened in the stream. Um, and then for one of my editors who is mainly a, uh, Portuguese speaker, I'll make a, a title and, and a thumbnail suggestion. And then for the English, uh, dude, I'll just let him pick. I don't worry about giving up control because the YouTube channel wouldn't run if I didn't give up control. There isn't enough time. So it's just like, you know, the, the poker playing speaks for itself it's never going to be perfect. It's never going to have the perfect thumbnail or the perfect title or the perfect cuts. It's not about perfect. It's about creating a presence for poker on YouTube uh, and then also advertising your Twitch show. So I'm okay with it not being perfect. It's about volume. It's unsexy. Get it out there and give people the opportunity to see it. So that's the process for for YouTube and Facebook. And then Rebecca will post on Facebook, uh, who also works with Party Poker, a team online. She also does some of my social media She'll, she'll post it there. Um, and then likewise, we'll make like vertio, vertical videos for Instagram TV, for TikTok, for Instagram. Uh, and then she'll do the posting on those for those platforms. So for me, I focus about poker, playing poker and, and streaming. And then once a week, I'll have meetings with various people to sort of organize this stuff. That's about it. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, 
it is a process and the content's a real thing. It's a, it's a game. It takes time, it takes effort. And um, I think letting them go of control is important, right? Cause like you said, if you just want to do it your way, exactly your way, the whole way, it would be a lot less and, and John probably, dead. Yeah, yeah. it's not, doesn't, doesn't make sense. Let's do uh, Oh, good question here. Uh, we'll take this one and then let's do the, the giveaway. Uh, what do you love the most about party poker? My man, uh, nemesis seven, Escanola, Neri, always dropping good energy. Appreciate that. What, what, what is the best thing about party poker that you enjoy to schedule the team, this, that, like, what do you love? I, I think there's two things specifically that, that are in the, the DNA and the philosophy of party poker that I really respect. I mean, I could talk about specifics like the tournament schedule or the promotions that we have, or the new hot tables or, or anything like that. But for me, the DNA is important because uh, it's poker at the, at the end of the day. Poker as it should be is sort of a theme that was talked about a lot last year and resonated. And the way that we structure tournaments with limited re-entries, with limited late registration, with decent structures, I mean, it, it takes away some of the, the flippant uh, gambling aspect and makes it more prestigious and really emphasizes poker as it should be. Uh, so I love that. And then a poker site uh, sort of by the players for the players, which is not necessarily true. You know, everyone that works at party poker isn't a, a poker player, right? There's people that aren't, but like the DNA of poker players and the wants and desires of regular poker players flow through the company uh, in every aspect, right? Like that is held to be core to the belief of what party poker is and and it's something really unique because that is not the case at a lot of other places where you might get an opportunity to voice your views, but really decision-making is, is made vertically. Whereas at Party Poker for the longest time, there's been a lot of collaboration and information brought in from stakeholders that, that is understood. So poker is a should be and uh, four players by players. Those are parts of Party Poker that uh, I don't think anyone uh, can hold can hold a can get close to, you know, that's something unique about us. I love that. I agree completely. And also, again, one of the things where not a knock or a, a, uh, you know, not necessarily like a, I don't know how to word it, but the point is there's a very few people I think in poker that are synonymous with everything you mentioned. You know, again, Rob Young, we don't want to obviously who we have our deal with, who we respect, but I think that's, you know, I don't want to be uh what's the word? Um, you know, sucking up. But the truth is Rob is a guy we have direct access to that we talk yeah. with, give feedback and he listens and can make choices. Whereas at stars, you know, we had contacts with things that are such a big, how the company is and how it's structured, even like, you know, to get stuff done, it would take like it's weeks tough. or a month, yeah. you know, to tough. do ideas, to get things through. It's like, all right, like uh, we have a good, you have an idea, you're saying like, got to get approval, got to sign off. Whereas Rob's kind of like, all right, I'll do it. And there's only a few guys I think in the industry that have that kind of access and, and, and willingness to do and take, take risks, take chances and really go for it. So I think that's one of the you know, things that were most attractive to us at party poker. Um, you know, like the big deal, right. Which was you know, basically your idea. We, we put help put together, but you, you came up with the sort of idea uh, structure and, you know, it took a lot of effort, a lot of whatever, but just went for it. And these are things that yeah. at other sites, companies, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a production. It's a thing. It's, it's not just going to happen. Yeah. And so I think that's one of the, again, to kind of just tack, tack on. Same um, with Bill Perkins on that too. Like Bill Perkins, give me a similar kind of thing. Like he will, he'll try experiments and he'll do things and he'll, he'll take chances on things and he'll give it a try. I, I mean, I've heard a lot of amazing things about Isai Scheinberg. Um, yeah. 
I didn't have the opportunity of working with him, but I've never heard anything but positive things from people that worked with him uh, before. Like, like there is a lot of great, great, great people within poker that want to take those sh- chances. I think just part of the thing that's so tough, chat, uh, Jeff, is that the poker is such a heavily regulated, structured, bureaucratic business that it's so tough to be agile and quick. And it takes some special people to allow that agility to exist. And uh, yeah, man, when you see it, it's just like, it's a treasure, something to be held and something not to be undervalued because it's super important, I think. So I'm with you, bro. Very cool. All right. We got, uh, I'm going to queue up the giveaway, but as I'm doing that uh, a question, I think Ghost of M was mentioning, they still use a video on Matt Staples channel about bankroll management, maybe that you came up with or you, you did. I don't know if you know that or heard of that or know what I'm talking about, but <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> do you have an advice your best advice for success, uh, successfully following bankroll management, what has worked for you and, and mixing maybe some shot taking or whatnot, but how, how have you done bankroll management over your career that's worked for you? This, this is such a hard question to answer. I have a few videos on bankroll management on my YouTube channel. I kind of had a fight with Doug Polk about uh, bankroll management a couple of years ago because he was saying like, if you don't make six figures a year, poker's not worth it, which I thought was uh, absolutely ridiculous. And we fought it out on my YouTube channel. I think bankroll management is so individual. Like you were saying earlier, Jeff, if you're 22, you don't have any financial responsibilities, you live at home, you're going to school on the side, like your bankroll management has can be a lot more aggressive um, then someone that is 35 with a mortgage and poker is their only sort of skill set or accolade, accolade up to this point. They have a family they have to provide for. That person should be very, very risk averse, right? As opposed to the 22 year old that doesn't have the responsibilities. So it comes down to what is your relationship to poker? If you are a professional or if you play poker for fun, what it is that you want to accomplish. Um, and then Assessing your risk from there. So the advice you'll hear like 100 buy-ins for tournaments or 200 buy-ins for tournaments, I think that's fine. I think that's pretty conservative for uh, someone playing for fun, but, you know, is okay for sort of an entry-level pro. And then older school school pros might want to work with more like 500 buy-ins or or a little bit less. And then Bill Perkins says like, hey, man, if you play poker for fun, it's a poker budget. It's not a poker bankroll. It's a poker budget. Like why, why do you got to take the same approach as a professional? Like you, you pay to go to the golf course and play golf all month, right? You pay to go to, to the movies and watch the movies. I mean, if you budget a certain amount of money to poker a month and sometimes you win and sometimes you lose, that's a much better approach if you're playing purely for friends. So basically I don't have a good answer for you. Just know that variance is extreme. It's going to be much more extreme than you think. And evaluate what it is you're trying to do in poker and your relationship to poker and the risk you can take on in your life. It's very well said. I like that. I see. I will watch those bankroll management videos. Uh, that's important. And I think I think ghosted reference that that's what they use. I think Matt uses one of those for his uh, when people like talk about bankroll management. He directs them to his his uh, older brother. Um, yeah. Any any words on Matt Staples? What do you think about the young whippersnapper? He's out there mixing it up, doing it. He's a member of Team Party. <laughs> he was just on the 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 podcast the other day. I won't forget that time in, in Run Up Reno. He looked at me. He was young. He was hungry. And he said, I am going to put my head down and become an elite streamer, gamer. And, and, you're, and he's got heart. He's got character. What do you, what do you got to say about your younger brother, Matt? I mean, Matty does it, bro. I mean, Matt, if Matty says he's going to do something, he does it. He goes all the way. He commits. I mean, Matt, Matt is very disciplined, dude. He goes after what he wants. 
and he just gets it done. So I'm really proud of the success he's had. He's earned every moment of it. You know, um, I find it frustrating sometimes when like people pose questions as to like, how much has your brother meant to you? Not that you've done that, but other people do. It's just like, that might be a sentiment that people feel towards Matt, but it's not justified. I mean, Matt was in that shadow and he fought his way out of that shadow from pure hard work. And, and so I have a huge amount of respect for that. I mean, the future is bright for Matty Ice, continues to crush. And uh, I'm just looking forward to enjoying the sweat. Dude. I mean, if anyone deserves the film, it's Matty Ice. 18 years old, never had a job. He signs up as a PA, plays 10 cents on Twitch. And all of a sudden he's got a 250K bankroll, wins 150K bet, lives in 10 countries around the world, all before the age of 25. I mean, come on. What is this? It's That's crazy. Ridiculous. I got listen. Matt, I got to give a Matt. I'll give a Matt endorsement as well. I mean, I, I sing the Staple Brother praises, but I will say, you know, similar to you, I know you very well because we actually we talk a lot. You're a good friend of mine. We collaborate. We kind of organize some projects, stream houses. We're we're at the like front line. You know, Matt. I know much less, right? Like I know Matt. We spend time together, but like he's one of those guys that I trust a hundred percent. And I would say that about you, but like I know you. You know, like Matt. Like I'm not. I don't talk like a much lower percentage of time, like other than times you spend on some of these trips or, you know, we've gotten to know each other, run it up Reno, whatever. But like, he's just a guy that, you know, has integrity that exactly like you say, if he says it, it's it. Like Matt asked me for, you know, transfer or something or whatever. I, I don't even think about, it. I don't need it in writing or like, all oh, like, you know, I'm just like, all right, Matt, you're good, bro. Like you just, he's got that energy and just such a, a positive, uh, He's a good young lad. And I, I told him, I reminded him like as well, you know, he, he was talking about something where he was like, you know, I want to have do this or more. Like, I was like, Matt, you're 25. Like you have a hundred thousand Twitch following at 25. I'm trying to think when I was 25, I was playing beer pong and ordering Ding Hao, uh, living in my friend's house, you know, and, and, and playing some casual poker. So like, yeah, he's, he's really is like ahead of his time. You know, he's, yeah. uh, he's, he's like what, five years younger than you or so, or six or three. Five, yeah. Four. I'm 30 next week, bro. Wow. Any, yeah. any big plans for the 30th? No, I mean, I mean, it's incredibly depressing. It's like, it's a terrible birthday. It's one of the worst, but everyone says that the thirties are the best, like 30 to 40 is the best years of your life. And like, um, so I'm hoping they're right. I don't know. That's it. Man. Yeah. I think that's fair. It's, I think that should be how it works. I don't know. I mean, it seems good. 30s seem like fun. It's like, I guess it makes sense. A lot of things are, uh, yeah, maybe, I don't know. I don't know how the graph or the curve works, but yeah, it's definitely, know. It's definitely, it's all good, man. We're in a good spot. We're having fun. We're doing what we love. We push and we shove, you know, there's poems about that. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to do a giveaway. I'm going to give a 111 ticket courtesy of party poker, Jamie Staples, myself. We're going to go ahead and, and do it. I don't know why uh, my man DMP3's giveaway wasn't working, but anyway, I copied it. We're going to, we tried this. It only loaded five. I don't know if I'm on the, for some reason I did something wrong or maybe i need to whatever but that's that's we're gonna redo it here so jamie you tell me when and i'm gonna yeah. go ahead and and do a 111 dollar ticket giveaway someone's gonna get a one-shot ticket i want to if you're streaming sunday i want you to be let's try to get aware let's get eyes on who it is what their username is and try to sweat them on sunday but uh you tell me when we're gonna roll it no right there it's it we're it's in the air this is a shot there's about 120 eligible people this one doesn't screen bots i hope someone legit and fun and engaging that's going to be playing sunday and give it their best is, is do it look at this loading old retweets from the database this is a long load i hope this is working this seems like oh there it is one two three oh no way can you read it ouch you got it Whoa. oh my goodness montreal brother right there oh my goodness that is amazing that makes me so 
happy man look at this guy what a legend dude he was at the stream house my man and he actually streams uh wow wow um boom well i mean you can't script that i think he was on that he was in there earlier i hope he's in the Look who's in the chat, by the way. I think we got John he Duffy. He was here. Chat, legend. John Duffy's in the Duffy. chat. Yeah, he's doing it. Wow. I uh, Wow, 30. John's saying 30 is a great decade, man. You will love it. Yeah, you're coming into it, right? And I'm about halfway over, uh, four years I'm over. So. That. That's really yeah. good. I'm not happy about it. Thank you, John. John's here, that. man. I'd love to have John on the pod in the future. That guy's a guy. There's a guys. If you don't know John Duffy, you should just do a quick Google search and treat Honestly, yourself. Like, please get some guys that have life experience on your podcast, Jeff. I feel like such an idiot talking on the podcast as a 29 year old. What do I have to talk about? John Duffy has lived through like how many amazing stories do you think John Duffy has? Where's we the might- John Duffy book? I'm I'm not gonna put him on the spot here, but he has an open invite. He's gotta go. He's gotta, oh, I, gotta yo, respect for my dad. I this has to be him. My feel a kilo A2. Cause I, I think he's been locked out of Twitch. He couldn't figure out the reset. I told him there's it's very simple, but he couldn't get there. He has a new name. I know that's him. Can we get him a sword? Ghost, can someone get my get this guy uh, a sword? That's my father, Dad. How are you? Good to see you in there, John Duffy. In there, a lot of familiar faces. All twins, the 111 ticket, courtesy of Party Poker. We're at the right place, right time. We're in the matrix. We're at Party Poker, man. It's um, we're so grateful to be here, John. Also, remember, I was gonna say, John, he's one of those guys that's better at his hobby than our profession, you know, because we're in there, True, we're putting on, we're putting years grinding, playing every tournament. What does Duffy do? He shows up, 10K buy-in on party, final five or six, four, <laughs> final four, 600K score, call it a year. We're in here grinding, getting just absolutely just, yeah. just, plugged, just bricks in the face, day in, day out. John's in there, you know, probably sipping his tea, watching whatever, and he just rips off a six honey pack for the good guys. <laughs> and Jamie and I are in here day in, day out, John's one table in, you know, doing his yeah. thing and just, just crushing it. But anyway, John does. Some guys just got it. You know, another shout out, Jeff, we got to throw a shout out here. Massa from the casino daddy. Did you see his score? No, but I know he can play some poker. Bro, He's also you didn't see his score, man. Oh, he won. He won the 1500 main on GG for 1.2 milli. No, straight. Stop. He won it straight. And he, I guarantee he had a hundred percent. He's just straight up 1.2 milli Bitcoin into the account. Easy pog, Massa, Casino Daddy. You got to message him, bro. It's the sickest thing. Massa is not a poker professional. He's just put my whole career to shame. He's just like, oh, yeah, 1.2 million, no problem. Uh, Wow. That is, that is, that's, that's, that's interesting. That is, that is, (laughs) wow. Uh, I'm going to, when was that? I'm messaging him right now. That was like a couple weeks ago, man. Um, Massa from uh, Casino Daddies, Matthew. Yeah. Did he stream it? Because I know he does stream sometimes. No, he didn't. He didn't stream it. If he didn't stream it, did it happen? I got to ask it that way. Because if you didn't vlog it, I, I, I got to believe. I guess I at that point, Amelia, I guess Amelia, it happened. You get, you just, who cares? But congrats. There's been some big, Vanessa <laughs> Cade had a million dollar score. No, congrats yep. to her. A lot of, a lot of people are, are in there, Jamie. When is it? You know, what's your, what's the record score for you on stream? Bro, I don't want to talk about it, man. It's so not good, dude. No, but listen, Duffy's here. You know, people are here. Energy's powerful. Declare, Energy. what, what are you, I what are you going to have? 35K, two times I've scored 35K in my poker career. That is the height, bro. So you can feel 20th place in the 5K millions, 900,000 for the win on stream. We've got 15,000 viewers. It's going to blow up mm. to 100,000 in hours. 20th place, it stings still. And it's six months, it's still stinging. 
I wake up with a bit of a pain. Was that was that ace ten to eights where you ripped ace ten and eights call and there was ace eight flop? I don't even remember. I don't even remember. I think that's it. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure. But that's uh, man. We gotta keep. That's all you can do. Keep knocking. Put yourself. John Duffy is ten of eleven in the five thirty right now. Mini man. What day is it? Tuesday? What's up top, guys? What's up top in John Duffy's five thirty mini man? That's so a, sick. Is it the WPT? Yeah, the mini man. Like the. I think it was a five hundred k guaranteed. No, he's really that. He's just doing it. He's really doing it like that. He's just, Jeff, do you ever think about like hanging up the gloves when you see guys like this? Like literally just, just like guys so good that they just one table pop it off and it's no problem. I mean, my goodness, man. Cause I don't get it. Like, I want to say that Duffy could use sort of like, not that he's, you know, he's a silver Fox. He's like, he's a guy that if you didn't know him somehow and he's at a table, you might not like think he's got all the, all the tools in his chest, but he does. But online, like he's just, he's like, When's the last time you were 10 of 11 in a 500? I mean, for a big one, like it's just, he's, yeah. John, teach us, show us. What do you, what, we got to have him on, man. I'm not going to ask him. I hope he's listening. John, just message me on the side. I'm never going to put you on the spot, but would love to, would love to have Duffy on and hear some of his stories. That's a guy, you know, like Mike Sexton, rest in peace. Absolute, absolute legend of the game. Like they're, like I said, I'm kind of a bridge. I feel like the younger guys like Matt, and then there's the guys that have been around from the OGs of poker. And like the stories are just out, you know, there's good stories. Right. Like there at some point you share stories like there's stuff I won't yeah. talk about now that at some point I will. Like, I'm sure, John, I would love to catch John on a you know, <laughs> little whiskey with a little proper in his hand and, and just, you know, talk about a couple of the good old days. So anyway, guys, Jamie Staples, ball, Jamie Staples, we gave away the 111 ticket courtesy of Party Poker. We have got WPT going on day one, a Sunday. Good luck to everyone playing There's satellites, 320s, 33s. Uh, if you're playing, best of luck. Drop in discord. Let us know you're streaming. Good luck. Good luck to everyone playing. I am, uh, I'm excited, man. I'm excited for WPT. I'm not going to be able to fire most of it, but uh, good luck to everyone playing. Good luck to you, Jamie. Thank you for coming on to the second rendition on the podcast. And uh, again, man, uh, cheers to you. Congrats on all your success. Wish you nothing but the best. I feel a six-figure score coming very soon in 2021. Maybe this weekend in the next two weekends, WPT going on day 1A, day 1B the following Sunday. We'll see you guys very soon. Let me see who's on, Jamie. Who is – we got my man Lag TV Maximus is on. There's oh, so many people you. streaming. It's crazy. I can't even, like, find the listing of, like – it's. there's so many poker streamers uh, going on. It's it's amazing to see. It's alive. The directory is well and uh, I am going to toss it, I think, to our man. Is that who's on, Jamie? You see, you know, I see Lag TV in there. Lag TV, I'm great. trying to see. A Slayer V1 fan is playing some poker right now, WPT. Always got love for Slayer, uh, for sure. I mean, he's he's an absolute legend. Tobson TE9, day two, the 162 WPT PKO, 901.31. A couple party poker people out there, man. I'm going to throw it. I'm going to slow. I'm going to I'm gonna throw it to uh, to slayer i like that he's in the party streets i think uh lag you guys should check out as well lag tv maximus i know you guys have done some of the challenges together and he's he's a great addition to team party so check him out tell him hello but i want to see slayer in there give him a boost say what's up and we'll uh we'll throw it to him and, and hopefully i'll be streaming some poker soon guys thank you for watching more podcasts to come big year ahead and big wpt good luck jamie and stay on man let's catch up properly here and uh cheers to everyone for watching thank you so much see you guys Oh, I, I messed that up. Guys, I'm going to do a, a, a raid. Oh, hold on. I'm going to do a thing and then I'm going to, I'm going to mess this up. The timing's tough. I'm rusty. I'm like a, I'm like, I'm not even a full-time streamer. Let me All just right. do this right. Cause I got a raid and then cut. This is weird. It's on a different oh, format. This and that. Hours, man. This it's is, not this easy. Is this stuff, technology is hard, man. <laughs> I, Slayer, how his name's kind of hard too. It's Slayer. V1 fan. V1 fan poker raid. 
do that, click that, do that. All right, guys. So I'm going to count you down in 10 seconds. Appreciate all the love. Thank you so much. My fourth goodbye. I get separation anxiety. I really do hate to go. We're going to have to do it. I'm going to hit it. I'm going to host it. We're going to run. And Jamie, stay put. We'll talk. Cheers, everyone. Had a great day. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode. It was brought to you in partnership with Party Poker. Go to PartyPoker.com to play tournaments, cash games, and improve your poker game. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear all of my future episodes.